Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. You've heard us talk about them. They're in, and they're on the website. Absolutely. Our brand new America's Diesel podcast, branded bills, badass, flex fit, performance material, sweat res- sweat stain resistant. It it literally feels like it cools your head. Like, I don't know amazing. how it's possible, but somehow it is. Yeah, you can rock it. You know, I'm more of a flat bill kind of guy. You can do that. You can curve it. For all you taco holder guys, you can even throw that in there. Yeah. And then snap back with a little bit of the flex fit. Yeah. Big head approved, small head approved. And it's extremely comfortable. I almost guarantee, you know, I say almost guarantee. No, I guarantee this is the most comfortable hat you will ever wear. And the logo, rubber. Awesome. Yeah. Came out great. Super detailed rubber on there, so it's never going to fade on you. If you want to get one of these in your hands, they are $50, shipped to the lower 48, plus tax, if applicable in your state. Uh, just go on the DieselPopRocks.com, search hat, look for the fantastic Jam and Eagle logo, and pick yourself up some before they're out of stock. Yeah. You're listening to America's Diesel Podcast. It's not a pancake. It's my wife. Uh, <laughs> not for long. <laughs> and now the episode has started. That's yeah. how you got to start things and everything like that. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice there's a third voice on this mic. It's not Corey. It's uh, Lenny Reed, Dynamite Diesel Products, 208-209-3214. Now give my cell phone number. No, please don't. <laughs> Now, got listen, his address actually right here. I listened to your intros and outros so many times, I really wanted to do it. But then I heard your voice on the microphone just now. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. No, no, don't. I will send a man to your house. He'll be it's, dressed in white and he'll be carrying a fish. He will lay it on your front porch. That's how that you is know your it's last in. day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in this episode. Uh, we do obviously have a special guest on here, and we're going to get through, get talking to him about some really interesting stuff. But first, got to get the intro out of the way. Thanks for tuning in to America's Diesel Podcast, brought to you by Diesel Power Products, and today by freaking Lenny Reed from Dynamite Diesel Products, 208-209-3214. How many times do you think I can slip that in this episode? Two's good. Yeah. Two's good? Right. Two's good. Go yeah. for three. Maybe Nobody six. actually uses yeah. the phone anymore. I know. <laughs> like, it's people my age that get frustrated when you can't call somebody. Yeah. I just want to buy tires. I want to call somebody. Yeah. Nope, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> See one of our dealers. Oh, just kidding. They're all closed. Yeah. I can't buy your tires. No, you can't. Make sure to check us out on Google Play, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find us by searching America's Diesel Podcast. Also, make sure and check out our social medias. You can find us again by searching America's Diesel Podcast. We are trying to pump up our Instagram numbers. We do go live on there just about every Wednesday. Right around 5 p.m. Pacific time, come have a beer with the boys. That's usually me and Tyler. Unfortunately, Lenny won't be there all the time because as much as I do want him to be within a four-foot radius of me all day, every day, it just doesn't happen. Sad days. Nothing? You got nothing for that one? Damn, okay. Hard crowd. All right. 
tried. I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> Tyler reviews. Oh yeah, let's keep those reviews coming in. We are guys. We are consistently staying in the top twenty of all automotive podcasts, which we thank you guys very much. Keep those reviews coming in, so we can keep moving up. It'd be the number one rated diesel podcast in all podcast land. Any platform that you listen to this podcast on, screenshot your five-star review, send it to podcast at dieselpowerproducts.com. Make sure you include a picture of your truck and an address that we can send a decal to. It looks just like the logo on my sick-ass hat. And my shirt today. And your shirt and our yeah. cups. And my cups. cup. Yeah. Yeah. Is my cup? My cup. Your cup. Yep. They made me drink out of this cup today because, well, they didn't want me to. We didn't want to get sued. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got that drink in my cup. But I needed the caffeine, so here we are. Yeah. 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 We, we can refill that with other stuff later. Don't worry about that. We got you covered. Got you. If you need parts for your diesel pickup truck, make sure and check out dieselproducts.com. You can find a wide selection of dynamite products on there as well. If you see that quick ship logo, it's verified in stock, ready to rock, pull the trigger. If you have any questions, make sure and call one of our knowledgeable sales technicians. They are on the phones 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. Make sure you tell them that if you are a podcast listener, tell them that. Uh, you don't get anything special except special attention from me. No monetary discount. Just a, a high five and, and maybe some shit talking in our group. By the way, we do have a Facebook group. You can find us on there by searching America's Diesel Podcast, The Group. A lot of nice shit talking on there. It's a good time. Good information and good shit talking. Yeah. Le- Lenny's not in it, I don't That's think. That's it. I tagged you in there, but I know you're not in it. <laughs> I'm not in it. Are we going to talk about trucks today? Yeah, yeah I know. This is the hard <laughs> part. you, you got to get through the intro, right? Uh, lastly, if you are purchasing parts for a diesel pickup truck and you're not using dieselpowerproducts.com, I do want to know why. Send me an email, good, bad, happy, or sad. Let's freaking do this. Okay. Lenny. There are, I do have a somewhat of a list that we want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I'm going to change it. He's got yeah. a Venn diagram that yeah. he actually made up. I had a chart and triple <laughs> I refined it, exploit, yeah, exported, brought it back, you know, review, all that kind of good stuff. You, uh, before you start, before I crush your list, <laughs> you do realize this is 2022. Yes. Let's get, okay. Just okay. want to make sure. We're going to get to the really good stuff after this just because uh, my 7 3 brethren will not let me. Oh, go God. if I don't ask you some seven three questions. For those of you that are a five nine common rail person or just not retarded like all of us seven three guys, <laughs> uh, we do have some good information and a lot of cool stuff coming up later in the episode. If you want to skip the seven three stuff, I freaking totally understand. Like I get it, but I know like a lot of the guys listening to this are seven three guys. So, God, you guys don't watch this, but the look he's giving me right now is like, <laughs> it's like, man, I, I love it when a guy's like, you know, the seven three is the best power stroke ever made. And I think to myself, like, say that to yourself slower. <laughs> it's 444 cubic inches, and it came out with 200 horsepower. <laughs> they should live forever. <laughs> no doubt. Like, like, there should be nothing more reliable on this planet than something that makes, like, one half of a horsepower per cubic inch. Yeah. How do you have so many cubic inches and so little horsepower? Yeah, like, your <laughs> 7.3 liter, like, the volumetric efficiency of that, even with turbo is less than a Briggs & Stratton 3.5 horsepower <laughs> engine. Oh, this is going to be my favorite podcast. <laughs> I, I can do this shit for it's, hours. It's astonishing. It's actually like, a, a with mechanical. With truck, like you bring up like a common rail, you can bring up like a 12 up or VE. Yeah. I will crack jokes about it forever because I have, I've listened to every single person on the planet call me up and be like, bro, here's what my plan is. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Yeah. Every truck, name one. Yeah. Oh, let's go six over seven really power strokes. Yeah. That thing rips. They make good power. I actually saw an advertisement today saying that the new power strokes come out five hundred horsepower and twelve hundred pound feet of torque. Oh yeah. Forty thousand pounds towing. That's gonna be wicked. 
Except for one thing. <laughs> the same with the Cummins. They they say, okay, well, this thing makes like all of this power, but it's at an engine RPM that with your transmission being so good, you'll never actually get to feel that torque because every time you go, like get down on the gas pedal, it downshifts, yeah. and it gets out of that torque band anyway, and that's how things live. Yeah. So we shouldn't be so stoked about like how much power they make anymore. We should be stoked about how good the trannies finally got. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Nobody's ever been like, dude, my transmission, life-changing. But if yeah. Ford, Chevy, and Dodge actually like decided to like really change the world, they could just start selling all of their cool transmissions that we have today to and put them in old junk, and all of our old <laughs> junk would work better. Yeah, it's true. Like it's a the three four shift on a four speed is like a thousand RPMs like rah, <laughs> yeah that's well yeah. someone needs to talk to Ram because they need to get their shit together with transmissions because yeah. you know step one step one get rid of the sixty eight RFE why like that well, thing, I mean basically it shifts like a schizophrenic <laughs> some of them are decent some of them are decent like all of mine actually work pretty good but I don't really get into the whole like modifying and tuning and. I throw injectors in and get it to run right. And then yeah, I don't know. I I haven't done anything to my truck, and there's so, sometimes I'm driving that thing. And I'm just like, but why? <laughs> like, why are you in this gear right now? You should have downshifted like a thousand feet ago. <laughs> then you got to like really lay in it, and then it finally shifts. Then you're at the top of the hill, and then it upshifts. Like it's it's like what the hell are you doing? Like keep me in the power. Please. How many how many miles are on the transmission fluid in it? Thirty thousand. You're. You should sell that truck and give it to somebody that appreciates it. What? This, it's like 60000 is the... No. I, oh, I have all the stuff to do it. I disagree heartily. Like, all right. Wholeheartedly. Like every one of them trucks, especially guys at tow. And I just... Well, actually... You were my camping neighbor last year or last no, weekend. Yes, I know. So I, I know that you tow. Yeah. And now I know how hard you drive the truck because you just told me that. <laughs> so you should be changing fluid like every 25K. Okay. Well, I have to say I did. I took it in because I have about like 10,000 miles. It threw a, a torque converter code mm -hmm. as I was leaving town. And I made the dealership go and uh, check it out. And a week later, they changed the fluid. So it, it doesn't actually have 30,000 on the fluid. So oh, it, did they? Oh, they did. They uh, did. Are you sure? Yeah, 100%. Because like, I knew they, the guy that was working on it. So he, like, he did they me. change the, I don't know. Like I would. They were going to yeah. give me another valve body. I don't know why, because it had a torque converter code, so I, I you know, but hmm. they're like, oh, it's a valve body. I'm like, sweet. It usually they, is. They, they give me leak. a rental car, and then they uh, were like, oh, we just dumped the fluid and put new fluid in it, and we can't actually warranty out the valve body, so it's yours now. <laughs> so like, did shit. they offer you one of those 700 horsepower caravan things? Hell no. I wish they did. I got a freaking V6 Cherokee, which I rallied the piss out of. Yeah, <laughs> it was <for> great. Sure. <laughs> I, that caravan... 700 horsepower thing if that ever actually did come to fruition oh my god i would buy that oh 100 i would buy that and i hate grand caravans i'd probably get my vasectomy reversed so i could be the coolest dad <laughs> in the line at school just like 12 kids <laughs> just loaded <laughs> up <laughs> just staged boosted launches right there in the school buses it'd be hilarious if they kept it front wheel drive oh, yeah. too <laughs> a, a, a 700 horsepower that'd be all well I would just do the front wheel drive burnouts everywhere. Just, yeah. <laughs> yep. just torque steer, stor, torque steer, steer like Stare, a motherfucker. <laughs> yep. Be great. That would be a blast. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, so they're. I mean, sixty eights definitely a weak link. Yeah, I'm not a fan. No, I'm with you. But I knew that going into it, and it was either that or an Azen. But I didn't even have an option for an, for an Azen because it was the only truck they had there. Yeah. <laughs> so. They're super expensive too. Yeah, they're durable. Like I've had. Three or four of them things, zero problems. Yeah, they've been durable. Well, and you can 
like I don't drive that truck hard, Ben. You know no. that. You, you 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 pop out around. I do. I do. I mean, I'm not I'm not hard on it. True story. I'm not your dad <laughs> or your wife. <laughs> it was funny. I I don't know if I told you this when we pulled up to that campsite, and I'm like. Who's this motherfucker side by side? He's gonna have to move his shit. Super It wasn't, but I, was, I pulled in there and I see him pop out of the trailer. I'm like, no shit, <laughs> fucking Lenny. <Lydia." laughs> like, all right, this is gonna be a good weekend. And then his hot <laughs> wife gets out, and I'm like, huh, wonder if she's blind. <laughs> ha! <laughs> no, Got she's him. not. 2020 vision. <laughs> <laughs> Low standards. <Yeah. laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I'm just being funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm freaking packing. Yeah. Yeah. Got that hammer. Got Everybody that. in Idaho does that. Long we bed, all, long, bed long dick. Yeah. That's, what, that's what she says. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. This is, <laughs> I feel like I'm on ABC News right now. Like, nothing here is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck. Oh, John, you're a little <laughs> so, these are the facts these are the facts these are the facts that actually happened so I think it's safe to say that uh, Lenny's basically told me to fuck off with 7-3 stuff yeah uh, so there's your answer 7-3 fans I just feel like we should spend our moments precious few moments left on this planet people die every day <laughs> this is this is going great precious few moments yeah. that we have left on this planet we should talk about some stuff that's actually relevant and yeah. being modified and new and changed like in the 7.3 world, what's new? Sleeves. Because <laughs> the electrolysis <laughs> ate all the blocks, so every time you rebuild one, you've got to shove a sleeve in two to four holes. So the last, like, three that I ever rebuilt, like, we shoved eight sleeves in there. That makes no sense. <laughs> Let that thing die. Let it die. That's like our current president. Like, that poor fella, he's like a coat hanger. Yeah, just... But they're keeping him propped up. Like, I don't, he's not made a decision yet. Like, That's straight you know. up Adderall injections right there. <laughs> I guarantee, like, when he wets his pants, he's like, who did that? Yeah. <laughs> what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> a pants for his pants. What, what's her name? Uh, T Tipper? Huh? What's his wife's name? T Tipper? What's, uh, it's a doctor. Doctor. G uh, Jill. Or is MD. It, Jill. Dr. Yeah. Jill Obviously Biden. not MD. Yeah. He's yeah. like, Jill. She's a, she's a community college teacher, all right? She's Jill a doctor. The ghost wet my pants again. <laughs> I pooped my pants. Jill, Nancy messed my pants. Okay, well, me and Lenny were on the dyno yesterday. And <laughs> Lenny and I. Lenny, Lenny proper English, Lenny yeah. and I. Oh, I had 7-3 guys, so. I... Matt. Yep, that's it. Lenny and I were on the dyno yesterday. And uh, we were dynoing, but the, it was a bunch of us. Like it was, I mean, it was basically just, yeah. it was it was Ryan, Mitch, Matt, and Lenny in the truck, and then and Mike at Calibrate Power and yeah. Paul at Calibrate Power. Yeah, and I'm guessing anybody else with an earshot of them at Calibrate Power because I'm sure they were screaming, trying to make sense of what was going on, and possibly fighting with thin air, just like this doesn't make sense. I was there in spirit. Yeah. Yeah, you were. I mean, we had a, a picture of you there. <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> he shakes his head. Yeah. So you first talk about uh, the truck formerly known as COVID Cummins, and we haven't released the name of that truck yet. It doesn't really matter, but it's not COVID Cummins anymore. It's not? No. That's what I put it in all the dyno runs as. It's fine. It's fine. I think Josh said he, he's uh, sick and tired of saying COVID. So they changed it. Yeah. Communication on every project is key for proper success. It is. 
believe it or not, this this project probably has the most communication we've ever had on a project before. Oh, 100%. It's turning yeah. out really good, though. Yeah. Uh, so it is a, a fairly built truck, I would say. Uh, maybe not so much built in Lenny's world because he gets really big into the internals and stuff like that. But as far as, like, it's got a cam. It's got some Hamilton valve train stuff in there. 188-220 cam on there. BD compounds. It's got a 61 with 76. BD intake competition manifold. Uh, fleece 10 mil pump, dynamite, 120 horse injectors, fleece intake pump, uh, for as far as the lift pump goes. I think uh, that's got a DDP 12 on it though. Does it? I'm pretty sure it's one of ours. I don't remember for sure. I guarantee it is because okay. yesterday we were crushing 700 and that pump still had like a lot left in it. Okay. So that's a 12 mil. And yeah, so it is so 12. DDP 12 mil. Yep. Okay. Uh, what else am I missing on there? Uh, as, no, as far as engine wise, it's that's pretty much it. And yeah, oh, a no, bunch no, of suspension, big boy BD transmission in there, big yeah. big boy thick shaft, thick boy freaking tap shifter. Yep, that in there. Um, the suspension goes. It's uh, Carly unchained. Uh, just, the, the three inch long arm. Yeah, three inch yeah. long arm. Just basically just a whole big bag of fuck you. Thirty uh, eights on seventeens. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Four thirty nitro gears in there. Yep. There's the long short of it right there. And the cool thing that happened yesterday for me personally, obviously the truck is the star of the show here, and, mm -hmm. and Lenny is you know, the genius behind, and his team, the genius behind doing a lot of stuff like that. Team. Team. And it was really cool because the video that we actually have on the screen right here is going to be coming out on our YouTube channel pretty soon here. Probably by the time you listen to this, it's already going to be coming out because we're final stages of editing it. But I was fortunate enough to go to Dynamite and basically – walk through building a nozzle and, and testing machines and all this other rad shit that I was sure that I fairly had comprehended when I was there, but seeing it in practice yesterday, just light bulbs, freaking Christmas tree in my head. Yeah. And the, the... The amount of change since the last time that we built your 7.3s to... I mean, when we built your 7.3s, the... Uh, the the Huey stand was actually in the main injector shop. Yeah, and now there's no room for it, so we like booted that thing to the outside shop. Yeah, as you should. There's uh, yeah. I mean, it, well, I mean, we just we're not really that big on you know Huey stuff, so it's we we it it just took up space. We needed the electricity for the other stands, and now that we've got so many common rails going out, we just had to have that thing in a different spot. So, but yeah, I mean, there's technology wise since you were there with those, mm -hmm. and then you come back to the shop. We started you on the very far left and worked you to the right, just like a nozzle would. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot that you got to see that very few people in the USA will ever see. And it's unfortunate that we don't do some sort of a video just to show people kind of what a blank starts as and every single step along the way. I mean, that's something we really want to do. It's just a matter of, like, priorities and times, I guess. Right. So, but you got to see that and then finally get to see them in the truck and then wrap your mind around what calibration and tuning can look like and and the things that we're doing differently like you you got to see like front row center 50 yard line all of it that totally. was and the the machine at the far right where the 73 stand used to be yes that thing like it made sense but that thing makes way more sense to me now and as far as like yeah i mean you've got the machine the the one that puts the media through it to the old one or the new one the new one the new one's the abrasive flow machine. Mm -hmm. But the, the, and the, I get every machine is important, but I love the fact that you are able to watch the flow per time 
as far as injector, injector commanded open and closed. Mm-hmm. That is what yesterday, like light bulbs went off. Like I, I understood it. I saw the curves when we were there building them. Yeah. But actually being able to hear it and because like you were spouting off numbers and we we're talking about you know a thousand and ten fifty uh, as far as like duration goes. Right. And to hear like what other people are running for duration on injectors. No wonder your injectors are doing what they're doing. Like it, it just it's so, a totally different ball game. Yesterday morning. Um, I woke up probably three in the morning. I was like, oh, in order for Calibrated to actually help us, they have to actually know where to start, right? And me, knowing where the injector was going to pump, I was like, well, we're going to need, you know, give me like 200 MPA and and 1,000 microseconds. Well, I kind of got shot down on the MPA because it's stock rail pressure sensor. So we were stuck where we were, which is like 175 MPA. And then the the guys at Calibrated were like, no, I guess we'll, We'll bring it down to a thousand, and then I asked candidly, I'm like, "So where'd you have it set up already?" And he was like, "Well, 2,500." And you know, Matt just about choked. <laughs> and uh, 2,500 microseconds of on time was the hot tune, and then down to 1,700, which was still way too much. That's almost that's that's 150 microseconds less in stock. But the size of the injector and the way the injector can actually uh, contribute fuel as fast as it can do it, we just won't need that much injector on time. Mm-hmm. Since piston goes up, goes boom and piston goes down, the shorter that we can keep that injection of it, the less wasted energy you have during that combustion process mm-hmm. and the less exhaust gas temperature you end up with going by the pyrometer. Which is, and that's what really made sense to me yesterday. Yeah. Being able to have a very exact, precise injection event with a larger injector netting more power than stock with not a lot of duration. Three times more power than stock. Yeah. With uh, 850 microseconds less. <laughs> For those of you listening, if you've never heard like of, of microseconds or other kind of stuff, I highly recommend. It, you, it's it's not something you're going to grasp right away. Like I consider myself a fairly quick learning person, especially when it comes to numbers, graphs, calibrations, and stuff like that. And even then, it took me until basically yesterday at the dyno to really put it all together. I'm a very hands-on person putting it all together. I can read it in a textbook all day. Even when I was in school, you can read a textbook all yeah, day. Right. You go to lab. And all of a sudden, bing, 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 bing. Light bulbs. Oh, finally. Yeah. I yeah. got it now. Yeah. Sick. But that's what happened yesterday. Um, so I highly recommend you watch the videos that are going to be coming out here. We've got the our video we did with Dynamite at their facility as far as the nozzle walkthrough. And these are long-form videos. So yeah. there's uh, sit down, get your coffee, and listen. Maybe repeat some parts. Um, we're also going to have, obviously, this podcast uh, we have the video of the like the condensed version of the dyno yesterday. And then Dynamite is also going to be coming out with a dyno video, mm-hmm. which is going to explain a lot of how the dyno works and a lot of the numbers that get spit out and the units that get spit out. Yep. Um, so, And that is also going to be a fairly longer form video. So our, our goal here <coughs> is to, with Dynamite, educate all of you guys on why it's good. Yeah. And then realize that everybody else sucks. Well, and you, you got to see like true actual custom tuning because, you know, yeah. a lot of stores will just sell you an EFI live and be like, oh, it's custom tuning. Well, it's, it's not, it is and it isn't, you know, at the same time. But mm-hmm. like what you got to see was like true, like that's how custom tuning should be done. Mm-hmm. A truck on a dyno with, you know, dynamite knowing what their 
products will do. And then, uh, you know, a guy on the other end that knows how to tune it to make everything work together. And you saw those two things come together and make beautiful, beautiful horsepower babies. Yeah. Well, that was the thing yesterday. I told you, I'm like, look, man, like this whole dyno thing, it's a three day process. Yeah. And you and I, we were lucky enough to get our number very, very rapidly. So we were what six fifty, six sixty, six seventy, like first hit. Yeah, well, the before we even tried one of their updated tunes, we we're just using the what they had given us before. It was like a five fifty or something like that. That was the very very first one. That was before Mike even had sent us a, a re updated. Okay, um, but then so, and then we hovered at like the six fifty, six eighty five mark. Yep, uh, for quite a while. And that was you know like Mike and I have never worked on a project together, mm-hmm. so I'm like, hey man, just give me like stock timing map. And he did, but I'm not a calibrator, so I don't understand all of it, right? Like I, I've worked with plenty of guys, and I know our lingo. Mm-hmm. With him, when I said stock, I meant like, you know, like stock to me is like what I'm used to with all the guys that I've worked with in the past. Um, it's just, you know, not crazy timing. We keep the injection of it short. But his version of stock was actually like stock. So at 2,700 RPM, where it used to be, I think he said 15 degrees timing, and then it chops back to like, uh, I think he said eight. And I was like, whoa, that ain't much at upstairs, like to lose timing like that. Yeah. But I see why Cummins and those guys be doing that, because right after that, 3,200 RPM, those things are going to run out of you know steam. So they're just trimming the steam off instead of just hard shutting it off. Mm-hmm. So... I learned that the factory timing map isn't what I was after at all. I was wanting that more linear curve on the way up, um, but I just wanted to make sure that we didn't get carried away with it. Like I didn't want, you know, 25, 30 degrees timing, nothing crazy, because with a thousand injection or a a thousand microseconds, you don't need a lot of advance. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a 90, 10 split, um, basically uh, 90% in by top dead center, 10% chase. So, you know, the fuel, as piston's going up, you're 90% in by the time it hits TDC. And then at TDC, you're 10% after that, and that's it. You're done. So with 1,000 microseconds, your advance doesn't have to be that much at 3,000 RPM. Mm-hmm. So today, you know, yesterday we made our number. Hip, hip, hooray. It was, no, great. It was, it was a great move. I was back slapping high five, like, yeah. uh, especially, and we're going to talk about the, the big thing is, is how clean it was. Well, it and is, the EGTs were just uh, astonishingly low. 300 lower in stock. Yeah. <laughs> like, Making that was, uh, nearly triple the horsepower. Yeah. yeah. That, that is astonishing. And also, me. with the opacity meter, Being, I believe cleaner than stock. Uh, I mean, probably. If you had a truck with a dirty set of stock injectors, it would definitely be dirtier than that. Which which you have shown us on with some of those uh, stock nozzles that we when we were at your shop, <laughs> like it is just, it is crazy how uh, uh, how they could fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, like put the holes in the wrong spot. The green yeah. check mark. Yeah, like, missing a hole. Yeah. Uh, one was missing a hole altogether, mm-hmm. and then one was like way off and like Less it had like place. a lazy eye. Yeah, like yeah. it was yeah. just way off looking into the distance. <laughs> like it and was those are you know OEM, out of the box, brand new parts. Just, yeah, you know, fantastic. Already been tested, supposedly. Yeah. So, but the supply chain's been changed a lot. Like, yeah. they're not, not going to try and blame any single person or whatever, but with supply chain issues and, um, you know, everybody everywhere is looking for employees because so many of them are just vanished. Uh, and I, I believe that happens in every country right now. So, back to us. Like, yesterday, we made our number, and I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to pull off dyno. Tomorrow, I'm going to work on drivability. Mm-hmm. So, today... Uh, I get a hold of Calibrated again. 
start working with them on drivability, changing timing maps, changing pressure. Uh, we actually cranked it up to 195 today, and it's even cleaner today, and it's got more throttle response today than it did yesterday. Mm-hmm. But these drivability things, if if you drove the 700 horsepower that we drove yesterday, I was almost yawning. It was boring, and it was just such a linear pull, right? Like you stayed in it, and it was and the speed limiter, you know, the, the speedometer was going fast, and things were happening, but it, it felt almost like I picture like a a Tesla if you could just turn it onto a rheostat just slowly yeah. very smooth and just <sighs> takes off it wasn't fun or violent like it wouldn't mm-hmm. kick tires free it was nothing exciting uh, but and on a stock motor with stock rods that's probably not a bad spot but mm-hmm. today I wanted to put some violence in it so like if you got down on it like 38 really like, help mm-hmm. I was you know shooting for that more today yeah um, so I think we probably went through five different revisions of drivability stuff today. And finally I'm like, look, I'm done. I, it's kind of like when you go to smell like women's perfume after like the 30th bottle, you're just like, I'd buy any yeah. of them. They all taste the same. They all smell the same. Yeah. I don't care. Today I felt that way driving that truck. I was like, man, it, I got rid of all the pinging and all the rattling. There was none. Uh, drivability is better than it was this morning, but I'm still not like, woohoo, this is going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like for you guys to be able to buy parts from us, sell parts, and get a calibration. And all you've got to do is get a hold of calibrated and go, hey, it's, you know, this is for a dynamite set of 120s. Here's the turbo. And those guys just go cut, copy, print. Once that file is perfect, then ultimately everybody's going to get a custom-tuned file because we've done that to a stock motor. Mm-hmm. So as long as your consumer has got a stock motor and they have an altered compression or done something crazy, then this file is going to be so much closer to custom-tuned for their truck uh, than anything that's ever been custom tuned for them before. Uh, just drivability, overall runability. I don't care about the number anymore. Anybody can make almost whatever number they want, but drivability to me is more important because a good driving vehicle is a long lasting vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So with the, with the tuning and like with your injector specifically, what do you, and I know we've talked about this before on another video, but just for this, like what are you doing differently to your injectors that is negating them to kind of change what they're doing with their tuning to make it work with your stuff? Um, okay, so let's just say that uh, that you live in a castle, like on a mountaintop, right? Fuck yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, like, it's awesome. You got 56 <laughs> bedrooms yeah. and you got, you know, 13 you know, groundskeepers. It's an awesome place, right? And that's cool, but if you want to, you know, be oceanfront property... You can remodel the castle. You can do whatever you want to the castle, and it's still going to be awesome. But it's still never going to be oceanfront property. Right. Now, if I take a factory part and I re-EDM it, then it's still never going to be something that wasn't already somebody else's, like, geography. Yeah. So if it was a five hole and it used to have a seven and a half thou hole, my five holes, after I chase them, are going to be at least nine thou. That's a big hole. A yeah. five by nine with some AFM or extrude hone run through it is a big hole. Now, let's just say that I go and I find a uh, an eight-hole nozzle from a different application, but it bolts to our five-nine body. Uh, well, those things were only, you know, they were eight by like five-seven, maybe six-thou. And I shove a five-seven piece of wire through there, and I make that thing about a thou and a half bigger. That's a huge jump in percentage over. Yeah. So... You just don't get custom tunability like we do. Like we start with a blank and I can pick a wire from the smallest stuff we have is 2,007 tenths. 
So much smaller than all of our hair. Like yeah. we're getting thin anyways. Yeah, yeah. But the hair diameter is still about three, three, two. So we've got wire that's smaller than a human hair, and we can shove that through a nozzle and make the most accurate hole you've ever seen in your life. So when we go from 2,007 tenths, we jump up to like 3,000. Then I got 3,001 tenth, 3,002 tenths. And it basically goes like that, clear up to probably nine-ish. And then after that, we go like nine, nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. So every half thousandths, we go in increments. Because by the time you get to that size, um, you're getting to stuff that's got big motors, big turbos. It's only a race vehicle. And as long as it does its job, then the custom tuning is mandatory and required mm -hmm. to make all that really big stuff, you know, run. Yeah. But drivability, if we get a hole, let's just say we just EDM something, we use a, a 5-2 wire, and it leaves us with about a 6-4 hole. I run some AFM through it because AFM would be preferred at that size. By the time I get the proper K factor in there, um, that thing's going to flow X amount of liters per minute. And a lot of people go, oh, what's well, liter per minute? It's just, it's a measurement of, it's a unit of flow that we've always used in air. When we had the AFM built, we sent the airflow meter out. Uh, they basically, I asked them to to change the format in which the AFM also flows the nozzle as it's honing the nozzle. And I wanted it to read liters of air per minute or liters per minute. And they were like, yeah, it took us four hours and we got that done. Hi, buddy. We got people in the background, sorry. So, uh, yeah, then once we get it to X amount of liters per minute, we we put it on the injector. And if it pumps too much or not enough, then we have to change the wire diameter. So if I've changed the wire diameter by one or two tenths of a thou and then recreate the K factor and do all that stuff, life's good because mm -hmm. I've got those options. Right. So with like the stuff that we threw in your truck yesterday, that's a pretty stamp recipe for us. Six hole, 124 degree out of a blank. Nobody else has a six hole. And let's just say that uh, you wanted to put a six, seven pickup truck motor in that truck, mm -hmm. then we would use a 5.9 body, but I would burn that at 146 degree spray angle, which would be custom and perfect for that original application. And that's something that the other guys just can't do yet. Like they're gonna use, they're gonna use a nozzle that's close, gonna be like 143 degrees, but not 146. Mm -hmm. Now in a mechanical injection, that wouldn't be such a big deal to be a degree and a half off per side. But with common rail and having multiple injection events happening during each combustion process, it's the make it or break it of fuel economy drivability. Will it still make power on a dyno? Yes. But I don't really care about that. I just told you, like, anybody can make power now. Mm -hmm. So drivability for me is key. And with, you know, a brand new truck being $100,000 these days, trying to make a $10,000 or a $15,000 truck that you just bought used drive as good as possible so it matches the drivability of a 70 or 80 or $90,000 truck is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's where a lot of people are headed right now. I mean, I, I know that's where I am. I'm not trying to ask for the world, but like, that's, that's the idea. Like you I got a seven, three bro. That's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seven, three. Yeah. <All> right. <laughs> 444 <laughs> cubic inches of, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, right. No joke. I don't know if you're going to hear that, but I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> I will. That was another comment. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's good. I'm, I'm sure there's more coming. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, we can go on jokes for jokes for jokes. I know. I know. 
I got. I got. Poor Ben. <laughs> He's just talking shit. There's, yeah. there's going to be a bunch of seven three guys out there with like you know signs. We hate you. Yeah. We hate. They actually take it really us. well. I was going to say that they probably won't have signs because they 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 don't know how to read. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. For the most part, they're actually. I mean, they are pretty good trucks. They're they're not bad. Not Yesterday not. you told me that you fell in love with the old IDI that I had out there. I. It's a plow I, truck. It I has wanted. a snow plow on it. It's got 60,000 miles on it because for those of you that don't remember 1989 Ford trucks. They suck. They drove like garbage, and there's no reason to drive one on the road, period. <laughs> yeah. You put a plow on it, and you just yeah. run it around the yard. They can't tow. They, uh, if, if I go out no and give off the impression that I fell in love with it, I'm very sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, what I was trying to get out there is is like, and this is it was shocking to me of there is that a- I had a Ford in my yard? Well, that- First off, I saw brick notes and I was like, Lenny, dirty dog. <laughs> you holding out on me, man? You oh, talking yeah. a whole bunch of shit and all of a sudden, hey, look at that brick nose over yeah. there. Yeah, but it's covered by a snowplow. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. That's, That's what it's good cool. for. Yeah. yeah. All 69 horsepower. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Naturally it's aspirated. The, it's not even the horsepower that makes a plow good. It's just the sheer weight of yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> the momentum you build up. <laughs> like, I am positive I'll never break an axle in that truck. Yeah. <laughs> It's not because it's really over-axled. No. So, no. You just can't no. make enough power to do it. Yeah. Couldn't pull a string out of a cat's ass. Yeah. <laughs> but the, what I was shocked by, and this is me and Josh had this conversation because he found a couple of them too. There are, there are some websites and some companies out there that are coming out with very specialized IDI performance parts that just like... Uh, uh, it, it's not cool. No, I'm, I'm not trying to make <laughs> it cool. Like, I know, I'm I just know. putting it out there. But you're like, man, they're making they're making some performance parts. Yeah, I, mean, I know. <laughs> Keep on. We also have two six fives guys in here that uh, that are actually doing things with six fives, and I, I hate to say they're. I did that. They're getting down for the like, U.S. military. Yeah, like the, it didn't work then. Won't work now. <laughs> what rod broke? It's always number five. <laughs> I don't know why. Six five guys, you hear that? Number yeah, five. every <laughs> single connecting rod ever broken in one of those things. So is it number five? Sure enough. How would you know that? Because <laughs> I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uniquely enough, it's because I remember all the rest of them before yours. Yeah. I yeah, them trucks. They they were good for fuel economy and they were pretty comfortable, but they always broke number five. Mm-hmm. The IDIs, the uh, they come in at sixty eight to maybe seventy seventy five horsepower at the rear wheel. <laughs> And we would play with the injection pump. I know, right? Sounds pretty lethargic. But that thing drove down the road. Like, it got it. Like, you set the cruise, and that old tank just ate. But there was no 400 horsepower daily driving. Like, you know, back then, a fast car was 225 horsepower. So, I mean, and yeah. So, anyways, you'd zoop them things up. We'd crank them up, give them the old fuel screw, and uh, maybe bump the timing a little bit. And we would get that thing to make about a buck and a quarter. And they were fairly smoke-free-ish. And at, like, 130, it was like you just – you might as well have just, like, wrapped the air filter with duct tape. It smoked that bad. <laughs> so then they'd be like, man, you want to put turbo? And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, zero <laughs> part of me wants to ever install a turbo on that thing. So take it somewhere. Go home, buy a Banks kit. And three days later, I'll see you, and I'll turn the thumb up. And then we'd crank them up to – I think we got those things to make them dang near 200 horse, maybe a little over 200 horse. But I guess back then that would have been impressive. Now, if you tried to, like, make one of those things make 400 horsepower, I am positive 
connecting rods, crankshaft, and block would all be very hesitant to staying together and hanging out very long. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just doubt it. Uh, I'm I'm sure. Even with a turbo, they're not that. Ex- they're literally not exciting at all. Like I had that six two with a bank sidewinder. Mm-hmm. Dude, that yeah. thing was like. Uh, Ah, man. I could have got out and ran faster. The coolest part about that (laughs) was the acronym Sidewinder. Yeah, Yeah. Sidewinder. Sidewinder. Made of of real bits and pieces of real tornadoes. (laughs) tornadoes, (laughs) We did. We honed out some nozzles on those things back in the old day, and I did it for the GM 6.5 in that. Was that with that drill press I saw in your (laughs) shop? Dude, actually, we were we actually uh, we were just shoving media through, and we shoved media for like. Who needs a barley juice? Yeah. I guess. You guys I mean, keep talking. I'm I'm more of a light kind white of claw? a guy and not your, I mean, white claw <laughs> over your, like, super. He brought, yes, he brought you a Michelob Ultra seltzer. Not on, not on camera. I can't do that. But here's my camera. We already talked about it. <laughs> He's actually drinking a uh, Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Make that a snake bite, please. Yeah. Yeah. Guinness on top. A little yeah. floater. Mm, can't wait. Uh, no, I just think that uh, the older trucks, what's really happening today is. Uh, <laughs> probably has some supply chain issues. And since nobody can buy chips, we can't ship trucks, which hurts all the factories. But it helps us in the aftermarket industry. And it's really helping consumers don't even realize how much it's helping them right now. But. Quite honestly, I wouldn't really, really, really want to purchase a hundred thousand dollar truck today and trust that I'm going to own it in twenty years because I don't think yeah. that I would. Yeah, I think that emissions gear and things like that we're still on the we're still on the premature phase of really knowing the science behind what's actually going on with all those trucks. So I feel like this is a great time for everybody that can't go buy a brand new truck because the OEMs are having to study those things harder and better. We're getting more miles on them every single day, and the aftermarket guys are starting to figure them out better. So I feel like this is a great little interim lull where the knowledge just getting thrown into all the emissions gear and keeping those trucks alive and on the road is good versus just burying ourselves in a bunch of inventory that is going to be broken down and yeah. you know sitting at car lots forever broken. So um, Thank you. the aftermarket stuff that we've really got, you know, like... 94 and later, 89 and later, uh, all the Duramax stuff, that old stuff, like it's 20 years old now. But, I mean, I've got guys that work for me that were like eight when I started my company. Yeah. And that makes me feel super old now. (laughs) Uh, Makes me feel like I earned this gray beard. But uh, those guys don't have a clue. Like Skyler, he's like, man, making a thousand horsepower is easy today. And we're laughing, like, dude, you know what it used to take to make thousand horsepower? Oh God, yeah. retarded nozzles. Like we just blew a bunch of media through and made them as big as we could. Didn't have a clue as to what effect it was doing to the rate shape or the body or the injection pressure. We just ran a bunch of media through there. We stacked a, a TS ramifier with <coughs> a TST box, and you cranked that thing up, and it held the injector open so long that it would actually kind of fart the exhaust valve, but open. And it was still injecting fuel, so it would, like, pop in the turbine housing. And they were super hard on turbos. And then BD came out with this, like, pressure, this uh, this Pressure rheostat. No, the pressure rheostat. And then they had one that was, like, a duration rheostat. Um, And I tuned those things, like, on the dyno. I would get it to where it would make X power, and I would just hide that thing underneath the dash so nobody could ever touch it. 
because uh, let's be honest, America, we're too lazy to actually like figure out what that guy did. We right. Just, so we zip tied that thing <laughs> under there, get it all dialed in, and under the dash she goes. Uh, we were stacking boxes on boxes on boxes, and now we just call up a tuner that we've I've never really worked with, mm-hmm. and within four hours we're making seven hundred smoke free horsepower with uh, eleven hundred degrees of VGT, eleven fifty something like that. I think on the video you posted, it was, it was like, t- it was 1044. All right. It wasn't which, very much. <laughs> which is like nothing. No, yeah. it wasn't much. And it's a good thing because the technology that we have now with, you know, head studs, turbos, transmissions, all of it were like starting to, bl- you mentioned nitro gears, mm-hmm. uh, 430s with 38s. Hey, hey, what a concept. You yeah. actually made it work in its zone of happiness. Yeah. Uh, you know, at first we were like three five fives and thirty fives, three five fives and thirty sevens, three five fives and killed transmissions. I don't know why. Yeah, Didn't transmissions see that suck. Yeah. No, yeah. it wasn't the tranny. It was us being ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Like every hot router on the planet, it's like, man, I got this stall. I got four tens. I got blah 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 blah. And we've just always had so much torque. It's been like force it. Yeah, force it. It'll take it. Yeah. It didn't take it. Yeah. Now we're starting to get it, and things are actually. I mean, we got. We got sled pullers that like go two seasons at 13, 14, 1600 horsepower. And you know, I got guys that don't even run pyrometers. Yesterday, you and the tuner, hey, can we get the, can we do a pyro check on that? Can we plug the box back into a pyro check? I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When we're finally done using all the EFI live stuff, we'll make a hit. We'll send him a video of it. All right, cool. And now you know why I wasn't worried about it. Yeah. I wasn't worried. Like, <laughs> after knowing what I know about injection of it, Beginning of injection and EOI, end of injection, and everything that's happening between those two points after knowing what I know now and how our stuff shuts off, I'm like, eh, don't worry about pyro. I think that he was asking for that because honestly, at, and this is no discredit to anybody. This he didn't is, this, believe us. Exactly. This is this is a learning experience for a lot of people yesterday, including myself. But I, I think he was like, Ain't right. no goddamn way. <laughs> He's like, and the only way that I can tell for sure this is going to be right or not is, is I need to know what the EGTs are because that's going to be just a – maybe they're not telling me on purpose. Right. I don't know. But I will. that last piece of information should be able to put, you know, put the piece in the puzzle for me. Yeah. And, like, I, I wish we were screen recording this or had a camera going on because you sent him a video of the Edge Insight while it was doing this run. And as we're watching the video together, because none of us has seen it yet, his message came through after seeing it going like, holy shit, is that real? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Real numbers? Yeah. yeah. You just did that? Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Dang. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm just working with such a special group of people that are really in tune with what we're doing. And we're all pretty passionate about it. You know, we got guys that pull, we got guys that race, we got guys that just... I mean, Mitch is the newest guy to the crew. He lives in Oregon still, travels here, works for us, four tens, goes home on Thursday. He's not seeing his family four days a week. That takes passion. Oh, yeah. Like, that dude could have stayed home, and he could have worked on vehicles for the rest of his life. But doing what we're doing is something totally different, and he's so passionate about it. He's like, yeah, we're going to sell our house. We're going to sell our – his wife's got a, a flower company, like Flores Company. Mm-hmm. And they're they're uprooting and moving because they believe in – in the overall goal they believe in what we're doing Mm -hmm. and that makes me super happy because trying to find people that have that passion is next to impossible you trying to find people that'll show up to work's tough but trying to find somebody that like believes in the message and wants to run with the message is a huge deal and our momentum is 100 percent based on all of the folks that work with me it's 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 made made my life super easy and you know it's making me look like a rock star but it's not me 
I agree. <laughs> I opened that door. Left it right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left it right it. open. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. And that's go. what you get for being too humble, folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kicked right smack in the gut. Yeah. It's okay. We're friends. Yeah. <laughs> we were. <laughs> Beat you outside, bitch. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Uh, we do. I want to talk about one more thing here. Catalytic converters. Can we talk about that? Yeah, actually, that's. I, I wasn't going to be it, but yeah, we can talk about it. It's super impressive. You, really? I, I know, right? Yeah. So keep the, in mind, it's a pretty free flowing cat. Yeah, but it is a cat <laughs> yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, it is a cat nonetheless. And it's a carb legal cat. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. So carb it, legal. Yep. What? Uh, what? We got towards. I think it was like almost the last run, or maybe the last run of yesterday. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about exhaust notes or something like that, and you're you talking about Skyrus truck is super rasp because of the you know and hood stack and the Vern's truck because you have uh, yeah. you have ear protection in there. Yeah. And we honestly we probably should have been wearing it yesterday, but none of us were because need it. compared to everything else, it's not very loud. We we don't have tire to drum noise. I know. Yeah. yeah. So all yeah. you have is just axles going, and then the engine was. I mean, I've ridden inside cars, and as we were standing outside of that one, inside of a lot of cars that I've been in is a lot noisier than what we were dealing with outside. Yeah. Um. But yeah, towards the end we're talking about exhaust note, and uh, like, oh yeah, it's got a five inch. We're talking about, I was like, yeah, we got a cat in there, and Lenny looks at me, yeah, fucking cat in there is a catalytic converter. <laughs> well, I knew it wasn't like meow meow. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's uh, like basically at, like, did I hear you correctly? Like, yeah. motherfucker, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. we got a, a, a five inch uh, Magnaflow Carp Eagle High Flow Cat. We'll put that in there. And I nice. said what? I can't remember. You just ecstatic. I, I was You're, like, dude, I'm gonna buy one. Yeah. Like, I'm excited to test catalytic with all of the gas testing equipment, not just opacity, but all the, you know, just all the gas, the NOx and everything, AFR, all of it. To to be able to throw a cat on something just to test and pull it back off and test again, I want to really see, Matt, I want to see the science behind what a catalytic converter actually does to gases. That's what I want. You know what? Like, me too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, especially like you always think like, well, I'll I'll look up well, some data and we'll start comparing some data. Yeah, or something. Like, no, no, no. Everything the, I've ever read about anything on the internet has been bullshit. But n- the fact that you have the equipment that you do now. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I just got to find the time in the truck, and I'm I'm yeah. going to I'm going to find my own data points and then compare them. I'm not going to rely on some other test that rifled through a whole bunch of CEOs and VPs to make sure that it looks right. Right. Lenny Reed's going to look at Lenny Reed numbers. That's yeah, the, well, I just want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even for like now, like even on our site right now, we can't sell an exhaust kit for an 04 and a half to 07 truck. That's not a cat back kit. Like mm-hmm. you, with the way the EPA is with things now, like you have to have a cat on there in their eyes and to be able to offer an aftermarket cat along with five inch exhaust or a four inch exhaust or whatever, and still make power and still, you know, have that fun truck. Uh, it's, it's pretty badass. Yeah. It, it, again, a lot of people, when they see, when they hear cat or, or even DPFs and stuff like that, they're like, Oh, you're not making no power. Like what, what, what you know, you're not going to do anything with that. Like it's impossible. What, you know, you just got to break that, uh, um, whatever you want to the call barrier. it, yeah, the barrier yeah, and, the, and, the... and to show people like, no, this is real data. You can read whatever bullshit you want to read online, but we actually did it. And this is what happened. There is an ignorance barrier in everything. And, and I believe that, you know, how much gear we have, Yeah, like, you know what yeah. we can do and how much stuff we can tune and tweak. And, and, and I'm super excited to have it all, but I really want to start collecting data so I can walk into some university that's got a government grant and be like, do you guys know how, wrong you've been yeah yeah 
Got Swing on out. Like, check this out. Like, fly into Spokane. I'll pick you up at the airport. We're going to make a zoom zoom out to my house. I want to show you some shit. And have them be like, what? Yeah. You're going to be like, Lenny, the sauna in your bedroom is freaking awesome. <laughs> get to the dino. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just want yeah. to take some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> As you get old, okay, and I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, story behind the sauna. Basically, I was going to have a, a pretty good sized gun vault that was going to be just outside of my bedroom in case you ever swung by and the camera ever picked you up. I was going to be able to pick you off from my bedroom. <laughs> so, I wanted the gun safe close by. And then we lost all the walls in a windstorm one time. All fell over. It was like shit. horrible. It was like 80, 100 mile an hour windstorm. I come around the corner. I'm like, shit. I was gone. <laughs> yeah, I was laying on the ground. I'm like, well, the elk in the front yard at that very moment were cool to see. But then I cried. <laughs> and I walked in the camp trailer. This is really going to sound depressing. This is going to sound like kind of moment on the movie where the guy almost sucks starts a pistol. So I turn. I, I sweep in real quick to my yard because I see that there's elk in this bull. And I'm like, damn, he's going to run me over. And then he kind of, you know, just, okay, well, you're good then. I'm good. And then I thought to myself, like, I didn't see the house. So then I backed up nice and slow. And it's super windy right now, right? And I'm like, oh, fudge. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't call my builder. I just, like, drove, pulled up to my camp trailer, got out, walked in, opened up a whiskey bottle, and proceeded. Yeah. And I woke up the next morning, and usually by now I'm like off to the shop, aka gym, and uh, doing my thing. Well, this morning I was waking up with one eye going, ah, oh, cobwebs and pain. And uh, Builder's out there, and he's like, yeah. And he goes, just go to work, dude. Just go to work. I got it. It's gonna, we'll get it straightened out. It's going to be fine. And then I posted a story to like Snapchat. Chase Fleece is like he's got him Derek Rose little John and they're all hanging out and they're working on some stuff for Derek Rose and Chase saw my story already that morning right and he t- he looks at those guys and he goes we got to call Lenny Reed we got to tell that guy that we need some big fucking injectors for this motor because <laughs> he just got his, his ass kicked <laughs> his house is laying on the ground we, he's got to get his head Back in, like he's good at injectors. Get him to build some injectors today, otherwise he's going to be. He, we just got to change him. And little John's like, dude, if his house fell over, let's leave him alone. Chase's like, no, this is when you tell the motherfucker to get up and knock the dust off. Yeah. And that set of injectors, uh, basically, Skyler already had a set built for his like truck. Uh, so we used Skyler's bodies and we made a new set of nozzles, shipped them out, and they made his big power. It was like. Uh, is big power. It was what Derek Rose's Blue Walls uh, Billet 2.0 did mm. all year last year was that set of injectors. So, Damn. Well, I mean, yeah. good things yeah. come out of all bad things. Anyway, so the house falls over, and uh, then I'm, like, walking around the house, and I'm thinking, if this thing ever catches on fire, then my guns are all going to be laying in the kitchen on the floor, and that's going to suck. So I moved the gun safe and turned it into a sauna because on Amazon you can buy a sauna for, for like 550 bucks. So I bought the sauna heater, bought a bunch of cedar, and that's how I ended up with that. Yeah. Now we're doing a vault in the garage. 10 out of 10. <laughs> with so, a small gun safe next to my bed just in case anybody shows up. Just yeah. in case. Uh, speaking of blue trucks, can we talk about the blue truck? That Which, you, the, the one that was on the dyno right now. The second gen? 
Oh, that's, that's what the I'm VP44? Okay, yeah. yeah, I didn't know if yeah. there, there were things under wraps. I was going to ask him about okay, it, yeah. too, if we wanted to like, talk about yeah. that. Yeah, no, we can talk could. about that, and we can talk about my blue 12 off, too. Let's do it. Make okay. it happen. So, okay. customer customer complaint was hot and smoky. I'm like, all right. And they got a set of 100-horse injectors. He's like, dude, we tried an edge box, tried a Quadzilla, tried everything. It's got a, a fleece cheetah turbo on it, and this thing just runs hot and smoky. I'm like, all right. I don't believe you because Chase Fleece currently has a set of 200s, and those injectors Chase loves, but I'd like to drive your truck, so let's do this. So he, uh, Deer Park Diesel brings truck out, and it's their customer truck, and I go for a ride, and we crank it up, and I stand on it one time, and I look over, and I'm like, huh, the, this is the fastest VP44 truck I ever sat in. And he goes, it does get down. I'm like, dude, this thing's retarded. <laughs> like, this is full, this is kind of mental for a VP44 truck. I've never ridden in one this fast. And he goes, no, it's pretty good. I'm like, dude, this thing gets down. Like, I, 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 you're not understanding what I'm telling yeah. you. Like, like, this thing gets down. <laughs> yeah. I was mind blown because it wasn't that smoky. Mm-hmm. Like, so I look at him and I'm like, what do you think makes proud? He's like, oh, mid to high fives. I'm like, I'll, I'll bet it's every bit of that. So we end up putting the truck on the dyno. Truck made uh, 450-ish with zero tuning in it whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, this is, you take that truck, it's a 235 rated truck, you lose, call it 8% to the rear hub, so you're just a, a bit over 200 with stock injectors, which we did document. We built them a set of injectors like our old hunters, threw some stockers at it, just so we knew that we had baselines of like a normal truck and there was mm-hmm. nothing else that was going on. And then we put, you know, his injectors in it and it makes 450. So those are a 250 horsepower injector. Whoops. <laughs> bad math. Going to call that bad math. But you got, if you got any of those injectors, you think they're a little hot, you're probably right. <laughs> Send them back. I'll take them and we'll turn them into something way smaller. So using that truck, we made a bunch of, and then I think, I think the wire that we used was six thousand six tenths to make those holes. And I made something that was uh, five thousand seven tenths. Uh, right with the guys at Deer Park. Like, I'm like, here, I'll show you how we make some nozzles. So we just knocked them out, mm-hmm. put those injectors in it, and it picked up 30 or 40 horse again. I'm like, eh! It's like 470 now with no tuning. Zero smoke, no tuning. They smoked less, but they made more horsepower. So our AFR, air fuel ratio, is now more proper, mm-hmm. and we're keeping the injection line pressure higher so it's snapping the nozzle harder. Therefore, the rate shape, per se, of a mechanical injector is even better with the smaller wire. Mm-hmm. So we started backing it back down, and pretty soon I'm using wire that's five thou one tenth five. Yeah, it was five one was the smallest one I did. Six holes, sack style nozzle, uh, DLC coated needle valve, so a little bit faster, a little bit slicker, and like the old RV two seventy fives that everybody has been around for twenty some years. Those things are seven hole. They're nine point eight, nine point nine, ten thou holes. So they're a pretty good size hole. Mm-hmm. And they don't smoke. They don't run that bad. But these are now like six thou with six holes. So I'm very excited to see what fuel economy happens with this new style stuff compared to what we were doing just not very long ago. So I want you to repeat one part of that. The the horsepower with no tuning. Yeah, that's actually pretty. That's freaking awesome on a uh, non-tuned that, VP truck. Those things are dogs without tuning. They're and also they're smoke dirty. rollers. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. They don't it, have a lot of volume out the injection pump. The pressure's not that great. We've always dropped the opening pressure of the nozzle down to 290 bar, 
and I think they're like 310 from the factory. They were pretty high, and they sound real. They just got that mechanical poppy sound, Mm -hmm. and I don't love that. And then VP44s don't love that either, and they all fail, so... (laughs) By releasing, well, I'm not trying to be. No, I, they do. No, no, I know they 100. I'm laughing because it's so true. They're not cooled by engine oil. They're not lubed by engine oil. They're cooled and lubed off diesel inside of them. Yeah. And then you put a big set of injectors in there and you evacuate that. Well, then that's basically like trying to run a CP3 pump with zero psi, like Duramax does it, but they always blow up. The same pump basically goes in a Dodge with five or six pounds of fuel pressure, and they don't blow up. So obviously, lube and you know keeping fresh, cool fluid there helps. Um, Lowering the opening pressures helps those things, you know, live a lot longer. But the small spray holes that we're using, like the three, four lock to lock shift in that truck, even with that cheetah on there, um, 11, 1200 RPM, you would, ex- you're looking out the mirror expecting to see that. Pop, 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 and it's just not there. Instead, this thing gets kind of pissed off and it goes, and then it makes like three or four pounds of boost. And you're just like, that's not normal. <laughs> so. Thanks to the guys at Deer Park Diesel again, I call them and I'm like, this is great that you're giving me this truck. I'm going to send it out the door with these injectors. We took it back. Their customer is going to have something that makes 450, 500 horsepower. And it's going to be like really smoke free. Um, I then asked them, do you have another truck that with just a stock turbo on it? Like I need nothing, no tuning, no nothing. I want a stock truck. And one of their customers has an ETH truck. So that's a 245, like 01 or 02 six speed truck. And they you were called an ETH truck. Uh, ETC was the standard output truck, and okay. the ETH was the acronym for the high output 245s. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. So, so they they had this uh, 245 horse six speed truck, 01, and it's now on our dyno, bolted up to the hubs. So when Mitch gets back Monday morning, we're gonna start knocking out the the Ecos and the 50s, the 75s, and possibly hundreds. And we'll start measuring like all the all the stuff we need to measure to figure out what you can get away with on a stock turbocharger with just a boost elbow and like a boost fooler with no other electronics. Dude, hell yeah! I've never thought I would say this, but it, you make me wish I still had my second gen. So you, I, I would tell you when <laughs> well, I had my second, well, my, done my second gen. Well, when, you, when you want to have your second gen back, but yeah. it's like if you could have had. 450 uh, to the tire. I think you were still free, no yeah, tuning. Oh, dude, like, shit, yeah. I think you were still in Seattle when I had my second gen. I di- I I I will say I dynoed 637 horsepower with my second gen with a hot rod pump, a set of 150 beady nozzles, and a That's almost offensive. I know, dude. Oh, I did have a. I did throw some nitrous at it that I made. Yeah, I made I, a little I, nitrous I, kit because she was smoky as fuck. Oh yeah. And uh, but I hey. <laughs> Sealed together until third gear. It was a five speed. I just grenaded third gear in that thing. Like it was. What size tires were on it? Thirty fives. Three five five gears. Thirty fives. Nothing lubed. I was I was nineteen years old, buddy. Yeah. I had a stack. I hate everything about this. I gotta go. No, it was a fun truck though. It was, it was, it was a, it was a little street stomper. I felt like I was king of the world with that thing. Well, but, I think, and this is really what's cool. Common rail, what we know about injector on time or duration, we're now applying that to P pumps and VP forty fours. When you plug a box into a VP forty four, the only thing you can do, you can't ask it to make more rail pressure. Yeah. So all it's going to do is basically chatter the nozzle longer, giving you more duration. And I just explained duration. Like piston goes up, piston goes down. I don't care if it's on a common rail, VP44, a P-pump. 
they got the same throw in the crankshaft, the same connecting rods, the same dwell time. Mm -hmm. So if we can get the injector to make that pop as violent and clean as possible and, and stop, like no dribbling, no leaking, no, no shutting off slowly. We want it like on, off. We want that. The motor is going to be the happiest there. So all we're doing is applying common rail technology to mechanical stuff. And uh, top secret, um, we're working on different plungers that are a little bit cooler. Well, the, the idea of them is really cool, but we're probably going to have plungers manufactured that are a little bit larger and a very unique profile that not everybody believes in that I love. And they're going to be with, you know, the camshaft that's inside of a P-pump is responsible for, like, the injector ramp rate. Mm -hmm. So some of the camshafts are pretty flaccid. They're just not very fast. They're pretty boring. And then some of them are a lot more fun. But then you put, like, a really hot, hot cam that you would have in a, a mechanical sled pull truck, like a 2.6 or a 3-inch, like a dude that makes real power going down the PPL track. I have one of those pumps in my blue truck right now. And with the injectors being so small... The pump ramp rate is so aggressive that the pump hates those little injectors. So we've got to find something for that sub-thousand horsepower guy that's a quicker rate than a factory, but not the full-on sled pull cam, 18 degrees of, you know, like basically we measure that in uh, how long does it take to complete the injection event for a P-pump. Stocks like 36 degrees of crankshaft revolution. And some of these aftermarket ones are getting down to like 15, 16, 17 degrees. So it's twice as fast. And when you wrap them up, when you've got big injectors in there and it can take that fluid, um, they will act, they do work. I mean, they work really good. But when you put a set in that you can drive on the street, it's not very happy. So I'm learning, but we're yeah. I think uh, awesome. all of it. Like this, yes. And I have conversations with, you know, two or three people around in the U.S. that I really respect and I appreciate their knowledge and, and the, the brain thoughts, you know, just the food for thought. And then I go to work and I'm like, you know, and then I talk to my guys about it and we work through it. And then having the guys that we've assembled is amazing. It's really, I work with some super sharp people. Well, me yeah. and Tyler really appreciate those conversations. And then you talking to you. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, uh, another thing I was going to. That was a joke. It's not <clears throat> me and Tyler. We're the brain. We're the dumpster. You did pick uh, up a lot yesterday, though. Oh, shit, man. I, I, oh, I wish I was there. Honestly, I wish I was there. I wish you were there, too, man. Just to, well, especially seeing, like, your machines working and, and, and you explaining kind of what's going on there and then actually put that to practice and, and see it at the, uh, on the dyno, I, I, I feel like I missed out. <laughs> it, it, it frustrates me because the the EPA, they've scared a lot of people, and a lot of people are like, dude, we just do stock shit now. I'm like, well, okay, I get it. You're doing ball joints. Well, no, we're just like, you know, doing injectors, just stock ones. Like, okay, so by you being a limp, like, salesperson or service advisor or whatever you want to call it, and just saying, look, you know, you need to make your truck run again. Let's just run down to Napa and buy a set of injectors, or let's run down to CarQuest, buy a set of injectors. You're getting injectors that start and run, but when you look at the science that goes into that injector, there is none. So is it ever going to run like it did from the factory? Probably not near that good. And we're trying to make, like I'm not making 6,000 injectors a day, but we're trying to make super drivable, usable stuff. If I make a 300-horse truck and you make a 300-horse truck, but mine runs way better than yours, I told you yesterday, I'm like, dude, this is the kind of 06 truck that you post for $75,000 and people go, 
No way. And they drive it, and they're like, I can't write you a check fast enough. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Take my money. Because that truck is really, that truck runs really, really good. It's really well put together, and it's just a nice vehicle. And there's, it's not beat up, it's not thrashed, and it's not cobbled together, and it doesn't have any stupid idiosyncrasies that most people that don't have, like, my level of knowledge would have to go and seek out 37 different shops to try and finally figure out what it is that's been wrong with that thing for its whole life. Yeah. And people hate that stuff. They don't want to deal with it. Yeah. That truck that you're dealing with, like, it's gold. The beauty of that is, and we got to get to whatever you were going to say here in just yeah. a second, is that the the drivability factor of it and having that so dialed in is the difference between, like, no one else drives my truck but me. But the other side is like no one else can drive my truck besides me. That's like so yeah. like that yeah. is like yeah. I could toss the keys to my wife and I know hey it's a fast it's a fast truck you know if you if you stomp the pedal you're gonna fucking go. But it's gonna get down. Yeah, but yeah. if you just drive it like normal, it's gonna act like normal. Yeah, just know that if you stomp on it, it's it's gonna get violent, and she could go drive it. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like. You know your thousand horsepower street truck with the big. Like here, listen. Like this that. is yeah. what you gotta do when you come up to a stoplight. Yeah. You gotta feather it. It's gonna <laughs> yeah. back up on you. You gotta feather it a little more. Yeah. Once you hit thirty-five, you gotta tap the brake to make sure the converter doesn't lock up too early. <laughs> and then you gotta keep going. And then you gotta roll into it hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you hit forty miles yeah. an hour and you're not at seventy-five percent yeah. throttle, you might as well just hit the stoplight and start over again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when when I was young, there was dudes that had like you go to BD's Dino Day. And there was dudes in there, and it was like a, a, a 747 cockpit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got gauges and flip switches and shit. And I'm Converter like, lock. What in the ever-loving shit is this? And there's dudes going, wham, 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 wham. <laughs> and I'm like, what the, what is going on? And then I roll up there with an aneroid that's tuned correctly, a fuel plate, a set of injectors, knock out 500 horsepower. I'm like, eat it. Yeah, yeah. Do you see them switches? It's the one on my right foot. Yeah, yeah. I, I stepped on that one. Shit happened. Yeah. Y'all got to get rid of all that junk. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going to bring up earlier, especially with, especially with like these new trucks with emissions and me going to your shop and seeing like some of the deviations, some of the issues that even stock injectors have. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it seems like if you were to build like me a stock injector and then have good tuning, that's not only going to run better just right out of the box, but at the same time, it's going to extend the life of my DPF filter and all that shit because with where injection is actually happening, it's burning cleaner and more efficiently to where it's not having to use EGR as much. It's not it's not plugging filters up. Yeah. Like, is that, I mean, was, is that fair to say? Well, speaking of extensions of life expectancy on filters, uh, my 2019 is currently out on the road. Chris Krebs is uh, going through Wyoming and visiting shops there right now. And unfortunately, we put a set of injectors in it Monday morning that the exact same size, the exact same set was in my 2019 HO. Uh -huh. And that truck was 80,000 miles of like, bear in mind, we had 15 sets of injectors in it before they were good. But it was perfect. That thing pulled like a freight train. Um, never had any check engine lights with that last set of injectors. But the e the uh, SO trucks, the standard output trucks, have a different plate inside of them, the same nozzle but a different plate. So we modified the SO injector to make it identical to the HO injector we had in that dually. Mm -hmm. And the ECM calibration is obviously different because we are now, this week, plugging DPF like crazy. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like Chris is throwing check engine lights and codes and crap all the time. Oh, shit. So we're doing that. Yeah. So my customers don't have to. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. Like, I'm not just going to, like, run out and build a bunch of junk and be like, oh, shit. I haven't heard of that problem, bro. 
Yeah. That's definitely a you thing. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear that well, all the time. Well, Guys call up and they're like, oh, you know, I sent him in three times. And I'm like, send him in. Well, I think it's cool that it, even just working on, on, on something like that to uh, for people with emissions filters. Because, I mean, I, me personally, like, I, I would be interested in something like that. I, I don't want to have a plug filter. I don't want to have, you know, uh, me having to replace that prematurely or something, no. you know, or whatever. No. So if there is a set, of, you know. If, if if that's where all the issues are coming from as far as the filters plugging up is the even just factory injectors mm-hmm. and if that can be remedied like I mean how long you know can can those filters last I mean and when if, you, if, if, if it never has to go into regen like yeah. I mean I'm not saying never obviously it's going it's going to get to the point where it will go through regen at some point but mm-hmm. if, it, if you can make that happen way less it's just going to extend the life of the filters mathematically those trucks will go so many miles anyway and they right and the automatic regen but if it's already pretty but if it's already pretty clean then it's not going to stay in regen very long right well, and, and then yeah when you start thinking about it you start extruding the idea of because everything's cost driven I know a lot of guys out there they're budgeting and maybe they just bought a 2020 and they're like they shouldn't I, have mentioned budget then. So I got, right. uh, I'm sorry, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but this is what makes my, my brain. Th- but like, if you could, okay, let's say, well, I guess. Never mind. I did it. I yeah. did mean to interrupt you, but at the same time, like, okay, <laughs> we throw a set same, of, yeah. well, we throw a set of injectors in, like, let's say my truck and some like really good tuning that works with those injectors, and you know, you throw it on like the opacity thing, and it burns. You know, but this is where my this is where my thought ends because it's Your still going up. through the filters. It's still doing the yeah. filters are still doing something. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say, like, then what's the point of the filters? And at that point, if you can make it burn cleaner just without the filters, so at that point you need what's called a test pipe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah, a test pipe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I want to go to colleges and be like, hey, look, check this out. Right. Even without all that garbage, like if we truly only care about the air. Like, if that's the end goal, just us breathing clean air that we can actually live in, then see these. Like, see these examples I've got, and let's not worry about what's under the hood. Like, I don't care if there's magic unicorns under the hood propelling this thing. As long as we're not putting out the gases you say we don't put out, then open up your mind and let's look at some new ideas. So you're saying it is a possibility, like, where a truck, without any special tuning, you could take filters off of it. Not illegally, <laughs> but, you know, take filters off and have it burn clean, if not cleaner than it does with the filters on. Like, is that a possibility? Ideally, I believe that that's what every, because, I mean, you, you guarantee that Cummins, Ford, Chevrolet, uh, Kumatsu, Caterpillar, you guarantee that all of them have spent an awful lot of money trying to to overcome the situations that they've got going yeah. on with warranties. So if they could get away with not using all the stuff that's costing them profits on warranties and they could make a more reliable product that customers could actually purchase and go use, then I guarantee they'd be doing it. Yeah. So at this point in game, like if we're truthfully, if we mean, you know, the government is truthfully like after clean air and saving the environment, then we've really got to open up our, our brains and start looking at things for like what's coming out of the tailpipe, what's really hurting us. And then we've got to really restudy the gases they claim are giving us all these uh, heart and chest issues, and we need to look close at that to figure out if that's actually even real or if that's not necessarily real as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be reevaluated, and I think that, you know, well, basically I, yeah. with diesel trucks, sorry. No, you're good. The, the biggest problem with diesel trucks is you see the black stuff. Yeah. It's a visual. Sorry, I've been saying that for no, I, ever. Right. Yeah. No, so it's, it's a visual thing. thing. And it's it's visual. You can see it. Right. It's, it's basically plant food. Like, it's going to get blown into the gutter. 
It's going to get blown into the field. Those crops will still grow. Uh, it's going to get watered into the soil, and it's just an unburnt hydrocarbon. It's an unburnt hydrocarbon. Have a nice day. Yeah. Like, that's not going to kill you. Is it? I've been in a dino bay plenty, and I've been breathing that stuff for 20 years, and I'm still here. Yeah. Like, I, do I have headaches and things like that? Not now. Did I have a headache the day that I did it? Well, obviously, I was in a dino bay for, <laughs> right. you know, 12 hours doing yeah. stuff that, you know, like most people would never actually ever, ever, ever be around. I'm probably more worried about my hearing being in that dino cell than I was about what I was breathing. Right. Now, yeah. you take an alcohol motor, a gasoline motor, an E85 motor, and you put me in that same dino cell, I bet I feel like hell for three days. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like there's worse stuff that you can't see, um, you know, like painters. The isocyanates in paint is what kills painters. You can't see an isocyanate. You see the red paint coming out, and you're like, well, I can't breathe that shit. It's the isocyanate that's in that shit. Yeah. So it's a lot of the stuff that we don't see, and people see the black, and they're like, ah, it's gross. And then some senator goes, you know what? I agree. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, like they're after DPFs and they're after everything else. It's immature children that are being sold garbage parts and garbage tuning and combining two garbage parts and making it double garbage. And there's, it's not fast. Mm-hmm. Like when you see the Hazleys, the Shides, the, the super stocks, when you see a three-inch, when you see Jason Wayman, when you see all these guys that are competing at sled pulling and they're rolling the coal, they have to do that because the air-fuel ratio that they have to be in is to quench the flame out. So they're managing exhaust gas temperature yeah, using, the- using that fuel to quench it back down and cool it off. Otherwise, they'd duke the motor. Mm-hmm. So if they leaned it back down to try and make that same power on a lean side of the curve, it would just melt the motor right out of it. And that's not very competitive. It's like, oh, well, who made it the furthest? Well, the guy that had the motor lived longest. Mm-hmm. That, that's why competitive sled pulling, whether it's truck or tractor, they're using the excess diesel to quench the flame and manage the exhaust gas temperature. Have a nice day. Yeah. It's not, for, it's not because they want to look cool. Right. It's, that's part of engine management. That's maintenance. Yeah. So, so after yesterday, seeing what we did with that mm. truck, the... Sorry. Yes, sir. One more point. Mm-hmm. For all of the young guys out there that think that rolling coal is cool, Buying engine oil today is stupid expensive, and finding an oil filter is kind of hard these days, right? The more coal you roll, the bigger your injector and the crappier your tune, I dare you to do this. Walk out to your engine once in a while, take the dipstick out, put one drop of oil on a piece of paper, wait five minutes, the oil will stay in a nice tight little ring, and the fuel from all of your excess tuning and injectors and garbage saturates into the into the paper and that's when you know you need an oil change well i just changed my oil yesterday mm-hmm. okay well change it today yeah. <laughs> but that's expensive that's because you're ignorant and you've been doing things completely wrong so it's not my fault that it's 150 dollars to change an oil but you're ruining your motor by not changing oil the way you're supposed to if it's full of diesel diesel's not a lubricant sorry go on the after yesterday, seeing what we were able to accomplish with that truck, and the horsepower number we were able to make with the opacity, I I wouldn't say I was a a non-believer, but being able to see with my eyes as far as like making a six seven run clean enough to pass emissions without actually emissions on it, I believe that I can happen. Me five nine. I know it's a five nine, okay. but a five nine is But he's simply it. saying like oh, a modern a, day, yeah, engine. modern day. Yeah. Six, right. seeing, seeing what we were able to do the five nine. Yeah. I, I don't know five nine six seven different engines, very very similar though. Can we all yeah. agree? Very similar. 
um, as far as being able to, and again, this is a 700 horsepower truck. Right. If we're trying to make a 450 horsepower truck, shit, a 400 horsepower truck that burns so clean with the stock turbo that it actually burns cleaner with without the emissions on there than I did with it. Yeah. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility after seeing it. I'm well, not saying it, it's going to happen, but after yeah. seeing what yesterday, I can, like, the the numbers are there. Yeah. The, 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 and, and now well, the 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 equipment is there. Yeah, and, I, you know, like, with manufacturers, like you were saying, like, they're, you know, trying to develop <clears throat> these, you know, new engines with all these emissions regulations. I feel like even though they probably, I guarantee they have the technology to be able to like, you know, test everything and, and, and get things dialed in, but they're having to work with this, with this thing they got to put in the exhaust. Whereas there's companies like you that are specializing in one aspect of it and doing it really damn good. And then getting it with another guy that's doing this aspect of the truck really damn good. Mm-hmm. And then combining those things. And now you have a truck that just burns clean without even having to, you know, have a filter yeah. like that. Or just, but or I, you know, unfortunately, fucking, I, unfortunately, I know it yeah, sounds really cool, and I want it to happen. But unfortunately, with the government being involved with this shit, it's yeah. it's unfortunately not going to freaking happen, which sucks. The bigger the company, the slower it is to turn that company. Yeah, like it's already on a trajectory. Yeah. So in order to move the you know the steering wheel one you know inch, they've got to have meetings upon meetings upon meetings upon Be- meetings yeah. before you can move that steering wheel. With a company our size, like we're a speedboat, like we're a we're a nineteen foot boat. We can like get in the gas, get out of the gas, turn left, turn right, stop, go, yeah. do whatever yeah. we want, whatever we want. With a with a large manufacturer, they're based on, you know, like they've got shareholders, they've got investors, they've got people they have to keep pleasing. And if they don't keep pleasing those people, then those people are going to make sure that you're replaced. Yeah. Because there's going to be somebody else in there that's willing to do that job for that money. Yeah. With us, like when we get something out there that's really good, I sell it. Yeah. And later on, when somebody goes, hey, this thing does this, I go, no, yeah, let's look at that. So that goes on a punch list of things that we need to look at. And later on, it's not profitable for me to do it, but we still re-look at it because the way I see it, if I can make a better part and some dude types on the interweb that he just bought my new part and it works and it's super whatever, then I feel like somebody's going to read that and they're going to buy it. The ones that I sold two, three, four, five, ten years ago potentially are worn out or potentially not and they're like oh well, hell I, I want the latest greatest stuff too yeah. like, nobody's ever bought a computer and been like that's my last right <laughs> or phone or yeah, yeah any of that yeah. shit yeah a thousand dollar phone basically it costs us what a hundred and uh, a telephone is the most ridiculous thing on the planet yeah on the average most people keep a phone for like say 12 to 15 months they're a thousand dollars and that's before you pay your phone bill <laughs> yeah that's hundreds of dollars a month in some cases. Yeah, it's the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. America. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. God. With the phone thing, I, I used to be the 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 new phone. As soon as it comes out, I always get it. And you're uh, rich. Yeah, I was you, single. Rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was single. <laughs> not saying I'm not happy where I am now, but like it's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll get it. That's fine. You just always upgrade, always upgrade. And finally, like I got this. I have an iPhone X, right? It's ten, whatever. And I've always, like, after I finished paying it off, because Verizon, you can't, like, buy your phone out anymore right. outright. That was that was my thing. I always traded the phone in, got the money out of it, and then paid for the new phone up front. Yeah. Because I hate monthly payments. Yeah. I freaking hate that. And so after I finished paying this thing off, I immediately thought, huh, I want to get a new one. And then I started looking at the pricing, and I'm like, I kind of like not having to pay an extra <laughs> 70 bucks a month in my phone bill. Yeah. Because that phone, that new phone that I want, the 14, is like $1,300. 
and I'm going to be literally paying sixty dollars a month forever before the, the phone's going to wear out. Before it's a freaking racket. Yeah, and I was like, well, none this of thing them works. do anything different. <laughs> you know? They yeah. take pictures, they store shit, and they yeah. go a little bit faster. Just, yeah. just a tiny bit faster. I'm old. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I would take a flip phone. Still, I would still take. I a do flip a flip phone. phone every day of the week if I could actually check my bank balance and things like it, that. Yeah, like yeah. if it didn't have Facebook, I'd be like, man, best flip phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the what I'm getting at is uh, we just got a new phone for the marketing department. And the old phone for the marketing department is basically this one just has uh, more memory on it. And I was like, well, my phone's kind of like shit the bed. And the, the marketing department is they're just going to trade this phone in. It's got more memory than mine. The battery's not as trash as mine because it didn't get used as much. And I was like, hey, Coop, what's the, uh, you know, maybe I'll just keep this one. What's the, what's the trade-in value on it? And he was like, 800 bucks. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me this thing's still worth $800? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I will... Run this thing into the fucking ground until yeah. I buy a new phone. Yeah. I will get the battery replaced. I'll put a new screen on it. Like, I, 200 bucks for a new battery? That's fine. I'll pay that one time just so this phone keeps working. Yeah. It does slow motion. It does time lapse. That it does is, text messaging. That is yeah. proof that not even Apple can get somebody to come to work. Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't even want to build a new phone now. They're just like, give us your old one. We'll it. Yeah. <laughs> throw a battery in that. We're good. 800 bucks. In my it's, head, I'm thinking so ridiculous. like, I was thinking if it's, if it's 300 or less, I'll bite the bullet and do it because I do need a new one. Yeah, and you know it. Yeah, I can do that. Three hundred bucks. And he's like, and I was like, oh. I'll just send it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. don't want it now. Yeah. yeah. So, like injection technology. Like, what's cool about what we're doing? Basically, it's instant on, instant off, and as clean on the rate shape as possible. What's rate shape? Basically, we we put a measurement device. We pressurize the line as the injector is going. We pressurize that line, and it measures what the shape of that pressure looks like in that capturing line. So a customer a few months ago sends a set of injectors in, and he says, you know, they, they run. They just don't run amazing. Huh. And I'm like, well, what's he mean by that? Well, basically, you all right? Yeah, I want Corey to pull up the graph. So that of the the picture shape? of the graph. Okay. Yeah, of, from when we visited. So if people are watching on YouTube, they can talk about the – they can refer Dude, to the graph. That's the machine. About. Oh, that look at that guy. Yeah, keep what going. a meatball. Uh, would have been as far as chronologically towards the end. I feel like if we were on another podcast, you'd Google it. You'd find it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, maybe basically <laughs> We were picture, looking at the graph. Picture a rainbow. <laughs> like the, the rainbow, we, we'll just get him a copy of that. Like we'll show him that. Yeah. Um, so the rainbow, we a rainbow is a very smooth, which would be like kind of an ugly on You'd get to peak pressure, meaning the middle of that event is like where it's contributing the most. Mm -hmm. You'd shut it off, and then it would be a slow shutoff. Well, I basically want like, I want this to be my rate shape. Like, <laughs> bam, um, shut flat. it off, and then it shuts, shuts off. off. Mm -hmm. So this machine that we have tells us how many microseconds like activation of solenoid till needle response time is. And then that doesn't tell you what rate shape is. Rate shape is like what's going on in between all of the needle open and the needle closing. Um, what we've done is basically enough experiments to make our rate shape really, really, really good. And that's allowed a lot of tuners, admittedly, a lot of tuners struggled with our stuff because we were always trying to make rate shape super on and super off, but we overshot it. Mm -hmm. So, And I didn't know how. Because we didn't have a way to look at it and put a piece of time lapse on it. Now we do. So it's going to make everybody's job a lot easier. With instant on, instant off, if you own a P-pump truck, all when you pull the fuel plate out of it, you're basically calling your tuner going, hey, 
How many microseconds can you fit in there between the piston like and the exhaust valve opening? 3,500. I want all of it. <laughs> okay, well, piston goes up, piston goes down. As piston's going up, it's making compression. And these are compression ignition motors, right? So as the piston's coming down, we're losing compression. Mm -hmm. So when you pull the fuel plate out of your truck, when you crank up your edge comp box, you're basically just making the injector chatter longer. You're asking for more injector on time. You're just, you're hanging the duration open. You're not making more pressure. So a delivery valve in a P-pump, uh, the camshaft in the P-pump, those kinds of things can actually make harder line pressure and hit the nozzle faster, harder. But just pulling the fuel plate out makes them a big smoky mess because you've given it a bunch of injector on time. Does it make power? Yes. Will it make more power if you put one back in it? Absolutely, because if you get the air-fuel ratio correct, it's going to make its optimum power. And if you just drowned it, it's going to make more power into stock, but it's not going to be optimum by any means. And then you're going to be the kind of guy that cries up going, dude, my oil's always full of fuel. That guy has to be wrong. Like, I'm positive that this shit must come from the from the O'Reilly's with diesel in it because I put it in and one day later it's like full of diesel again. His test is bullshit. No, it's just your truck's all wrong. Hmm. And that's that's unfortunate because so many people have been led so wrong yeah. on the internet. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm just taking it out. and it rips. <laughs> yeah. Just because you're doing it doesn't make it right. Well, yeah. think about how long not only companies like us, but other companies out there have been preaching gears. You know, even... Yeah. I knew about gears before I started working here just because lots of hot rod magazines, gas industry, that type of stuff. My dad made sure it like bike gears, extrapolate that into cars. Mm -hmm. He understood that. I understood that. I got that. Mm -hmm. It blew my mind when I started working here and Tyler was training me that I would talk to people on the phone that were obviously more knowledgeable in diesel, but still, what do you mean you got to re-gear? That's, that's for, four grand. I can't see yeah, it. Re-gear, that's for hot rodders. Yeah. Like... Nope. Uh, do you still get beat by a Camaro? It's like, dude, you got three forty twos and you're running forties, bro. Yeah. Like, what's the next week link? Like, and they're bitching about their transmissions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, what I'm getting at there is like, for for how much, how long it took people to start actually grasping gears. Mm -hmm. We are now trying to undo, you know, a decade and a half, essentially, maybe almost two decades oh, yeah. of. People shit, pulling fuel plates out. <laughs> of shit immature information out there. Yeah. And a lot of it, and I've, you both have been, both been in the industry longer than I have. You you especially. Grandpa. Yeah. You said it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally going to say grandpa. I'm tipping my tongue, but you said it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Is, that we, we're all growing up, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying that the, you know, but the, the industry, a lot of the folks in there, they're all growing up. Folks that had companies in the beginning that were just like, fuck it, drill them out. A lot of yeah. them are growing up now. A lot of people that just wanted straight pipes, we're all putting mufflers back on. Yeah. We're all getting older, okay? But we're all, uh, hopefully, usually, but hopefully, with age comes thought process <laughs> and also other kind of other shit. And everybody's starting to think about what's going on now. And I, what you're doing is trying to get the message out there that there's there's a right way to do it. The only problem is everybody's been doing it wrong for literally 20 freaking years. Yeah. yeah. There's There's too much bad information that's been preached for too long and there's too many applications where it's already being used and people don't want to fix it. They want to complain about it, but they don't want to fix it because then they would have to take all the information they think they know, erase that, and then start over with something new. And that was something that, you know, like myself and and the guys at Calibrated never worked together on something. I know my stuff rips. Mm -hmm. I've got more PPL championships. I don't say I. 
we, Dynamite Diesel, have more PPL wins this year than any other injector brand company, period, this year. What's PPL we, for those that don't uh, know? Pro Pullers League. Okay. Like, that's the, that's the NFL of sled pulling. So, and that's the most competitive. Like, you can pull, you know, you get to the Mississippi and then head east, and you can pull two, three times a weekend out there if you just want to drive a little bit. We don't have that here. Yeah. But it's a very competitive industry, and there's a lot of super focused, super competitive folks out there in all those classes. Now, that being said, then you go to drag race, and like we've crushed it in drag race, and we've done a lot of really amazing stuff there too. And we've got a bunch of fast vehicles. Um, you know, Derek Rose hot laps that billet bitch, and it just rips. The thing's the fastest four wheel drive on the planet, and that's got a set of our 5.9 injectors in it. And for years, people have been telling me, it's not going to work. You can't do it. It's not going to work. You can't do it. But I look at the inside of the injector, and I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you're all wrong. <sighs> so then we modified some things. We've, we've made some parts that are select. You know, we've made them. Our company has had them made by people. They work very good. And I'm not saying that in the future we're not going to do some other application injectors because we will. But the push, the CM849 was the best ECM to tune that runs a 5.9 injector. So I just figured, well. We're just going to run that because it works. It rips. Now, some of the aftermarket guys are getting really, they're, they're getting square and straight on the tuning for some of the 6.7 ECOs. And now that we've got blanks, we can do things with the 6.7s that we've never been able to do. So in a year, I'm probably going to own a 6.7 at 2,000 horsepower, and I'm going to own a 5.9 at 2,000 horsepower and be like, I don't care which one you want. Like, you can do it with either one. Here you go. But five years ago, like, that was just a dream. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. And that, that's, uh, I was talking to Ashford today about the, I showed him the video of dyno poles and whatnot. And uh, after explaining kind of what, what happened and the numbers and whatnot, he's like, wow, this is like everything we, we've talked about building and actually making happen literally for like five years. Yeah. What happened yesterday, that's what happened. Yeah. And that's that's the, the cool part of it and the part that like I just I went home and I told my wife. And I was like, <laughs> I know this means nothing to you, okay? I know diesel trucks, like you love me and I love trucks, therefore you sort of love trucks. But what happened today, like, babe, this is like I am like cloud nine right now. Like, this is so re not just from what I learned, but what was accomplished today. We we had the cake and we ate it too fucking did it yeah the pipe dream of the trucks that were talked about when i basically first started working here happened yesterday it yeah. fucking happened yesterday and like, <clears throat> oh, my pants got tight and then, <laughs> and then she went to bed uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yesterday was a really great day <clears throat> today's a struggle we you and i and the rest of the crew yesterday focused on one throttle position mm -hmm. wide open mm -hmm. we got it we got it mastered Today, all the drivability stuff goes into it. But what's really going to be awesome is working with Calibrated. They sell a lot of tunes. You guys use them. You sell a lot of tunes through them. You guys use us. You sell a lot of our injectors. Soon, with the relationship that we've already established with them as of recently, we're going to be able to, like, you're going to be able to sell a calibration with a set of injectors. It's going to work. And your consumers, like all of your guys buying, aren't going to be, like, hearing about this going, man, that sounds cool. That sounds awesome. They're just going to be able to buy it. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's hugely important to me because I want people to enjoy their trucks. I want them to have all the power and be reasonable. Like, if you tow a camper and you tow a boat and you do all these things, don't set goals so lofty that nothing between the engine and the rear differential can live. 
you've got to set a goal. Like my dually at 440 horsepower was frightening with 35,000 pounds on it. You could go as fast as you wanted to go legally or as fast as you wanted to go, period. <laughs> and it it was much faster than you should have gone. Mm-hmm. That was 440 horsepower. And that was an honest <clears throat> barren man with the Eisen. Every time you like stand on the gas pedal, it wants it gets down to like 1800 or whatever. And wide open throttle goes, grabs the next gear. So you can't really load it down there to see the torque. So I refer to horsepower with that motor because the transmission won't let you get down and, and dig into the basement. And mm-hmm. that's where all the torque's at. So, but that thing was, it was frightening fast. Like it really run good. And that thing never broke anything. It was awesome. I loved it. If you're trying to make a thousand horsepower truck, like relive your idea in your own head, because it's not going to be that throttle response or that fun on the street. And, you know, like I've, I've kind of made jokes about this a couple times today, but unless you're going to call the mayor and be like, yo, bro, here's the deal. I've got a thousand horsepower daily. So I'm going to need you to send out a VHT team to every intersection in this town. I'm going to start doing some boosted launches. Be ready. Yeah. And if I hit a telephone pole, it's on you because I warned you about it. Like, you've got to make sure my streets are prepped, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. not how it's going to work. Like, you're going to go to jail. Like, yeah. you're going to go to the hospital, then jail. And then, you know, you're going to get your truck at impound. It's going to be super expensive. And then you're going to realize it's totaled. So a 1,000 horsepower on the streets is not that reasonable, especially if you tow anything. So make goals that are achievable and i'm sure you'll be very happy because most guys that you know call in and go hey man i need to make 700 horsepower ask them like what are you driving right now what's the fastest thing you've ever driven yeah and they're like well it was a mitsubishi eclipse (laughs) well that's the first thing we ask people especially if they're looking for anything over 700 horsepower or even 600 i say five five. like have you ever drove one have you ever drove one well no why why do you think you want that well, I saw it on, you know, I saw a truck on a sled pole and he had this much power and it just seemed really cool. Okay. Yeah, but you know what that yeah. dude did? He put that on a trailer and yeah. drove it home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I was watching YouTube and there's a whole bunch of people with LS engines making 700, 800,000 horsepower with turbos. And it's just diesel. It's got turbo, yeah. right? Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. No. I had a 550 horsepower LS 5.3. That thing blew up every time that I got <laughs> down and partied on it. it whoa, it's too much information. But since you was... No, I had a 5.3 with a supercharger on it at 10, 10 and a half pounds of boost. That thing broke valve springs like they were going out of style. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great as a daily, but as soon as you got angry at it and tried to beat that thing, it submitted, and it broke a valve spring. Yeah. Or a rocker arm. So, like, I mean, those guys were like, oh, yeah, these things are awesome. And they are super throttle response, and they're super snappy. But you take that POS and try and drag 6,000 pounds, the only uh-huh. thing that you're ever going to catch yourself doing you're never going to have to pull over just to pee because you're always going to be at a gas station. 100%. All the time. And you're like, going to need earplugs because the thing's going to be screaming at 6,000 RPM the whole freaking time. I, I drove. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, I went down to San Hollow and I had Rocky and Adrian and Tina and myself. So we're in my pickup with 40-foot gooseneck behind a Ram 2500 stock. Like, no injectors, no nothing, but it's got four tens on 35s. Nice. That's smooth, a good puller. Smooth sailing. Yeah. 68, no big deal, all day long. I've got a Jeep and a Honda Talon on the 40-footer. So that's 8,000 pounds plus 20, maybe 2,200. So it's 10,200-ish. And then I got the Jeep, let's call that five or 6,000. So 16, 17,000 pounds behind the truck mm-hmm. all day. And I'm like, hey, guys, like you lead because Adrian's got his 
like 2,500. So a three quarter ton, I'm going to guess it's about a 2020 truck. It's a pretty new Chevy pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, nice truck. And I'm like, you just, you lead, like do your thing and you lead. He's like, all right, cool. So they take off and every couple hundred miles we're pulling over and getting fuel. And I got a 50 gallon fuel cell in my truck. So I'm not even thinking about putting fuel in yet. Like I'm, I'm good to go. So pull over. Now you're off the street for 20 minutes. You pull back on and then boom, you're back down the highway. 200 miles later, you're doing your thing again, right? On the way down, <clears throat> that was the, the driving arrangement. On the way back, I had to get back a day early. Rocky has a Jeep. Adrian has a Jeep. So I said, I'll tell you what, boys. I'm going to leave you my truck and my trailer, and then I'll just take Rocky's little trailer and put my talent inside of that, and I will then follow you down, or I'll head down a day early driving the, the gasser. That was sketchy. It was sketchy to drive. It was sketchy. I mean, like, if you wanted to go the speed limit up those hills and things like that, and that's not a heavy load, you were going to consume fuel. Like, it was a, I'm going to say it was, I mean, it was like seven, probably, miles per gallon. And that's a new truck. That wasn't, you know, like in the old day, I had a Ford with a 460. It was a crew cab, eight-foot bed, and that thing got five or six miles a gallon all the time. But... That wasn't my credit card. That was the company I worked for, so I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. But today, mm -mm, you ain't gonna see me doing that. Not at, not when gas is four twenty-five a gallon and diesel is five fifty a gallon. If I gotta pull over twice as often and fill up, I'm definitely gonna enjoy my drive. Not have to downshift, upshift. I'm not. I'm not leaving diesel. It's, and you're not redlining a fucking gas engine nope. the entire time. Not every time you even touch the throttle more than it was before, you're like, is this it? Yeah. Is this the end? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you get your diesel in there and you just lean on it. Yeah? No? Shit? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I couldn't even imagine telling my, even, like, I don't have a huge toy hauler. It's not giant. Like, I park my shit in my kitchen. Like, but but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, all the weight is, is it's in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't imagine towing that thing with anything other than my, than a three-quarter ton truck. <laughs> like, it's, this is not going to happen. It, I would be shitting. I would literally have to have a spare bag in my truck for underwear and pants <laughs> probably in a towel because I'd be shitting myself so every time I, <laughs> yeah, yeah sure might as well that. just wear a diaper just it depends like I just throw it depends on <laughs> how long is it going to take to get there it depends <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well so. yeah I'd say yesterday was good I wish you were there but, me too yeah. and that's something that you know like all of my dealer network like I want them to come in and experience this because it's something that you know you come into the place you meet the people and if you get to know who's doing what, like you send a set of injectors in for like testing, you're going to know who to call, who to contact, why you're getting an email, like the process of why we're emailing you with pictures and all these things, because you're, you're going to get to see it. Um, if you think it's just there's so much knowledge to be had there and it's stuff that, you know, really ever since COVID hit, that's when we really, really got aggressive on inventory and tools. Um, today, I got a text message. So we've got two more test stands coming. Um, with that, with those two coming, that will give us a lot more tools than we currently have people and people at that level of knowledge don't just come and go like that takes a while to get there. But the idea is to basically make sure that our tools are in surplus. So we're not, when we run out of something or if something breaks, we can instantly jump to the next machine and then keep going. So the workload today was our largest day ever in dynamite diesel's history of sales. Wow. Biggest day ever. Like, I got a text and 
it, it's mind-blowing. Like, we crushed our biggest day ever. That's awesome, dude. Congratulations. Huge. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, that's been a lot of today's was because we're, we're focusing more on Canada, which we've had just almost zero presence in Canada at this point. Like, Armor Inc.'s been the only people up there really selling our stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry at Peak. Um, He's been around for so long. We've Yeah. Yeah. So, and then... Um, there's just been very, very limited footprint or very, very limited effort from me to get up there and actually like sell parts, but it's a big landmass, a lot of trucks. Mm-hmm. So now we're working with a new company and I don't really want to like, uh, I, I guess I kind of want to let them make their announcement that they're going to be like stocking our stuff. Mm-hmm. But now with them stocking our stuff, like that puts our footprint out there even bigger to try and sell more parts. And I'm honestly, I don't just want to sell the most parts so I can say I sold the most parts. I want to sell the most parts because I believe that the stuff that we're selling is just better than everybody else's stuff. Well, and you're fixing the diesel industry one step injectors at a time. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Like, if I can get people to quit oral and the coal, then less people will be pissed off at all diesel people. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much the goal. Lenny Reed, 2024. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly feel Quit honored that I, I honestly feel honored that you're this close to us and like we're we're like within a stone's throw of you and, and shit. Like it's uh it's it's oh, awesome man. to have that amount of technology coming out of uh, somewhere that is that close to us and, and we can actually go visit because just seeing your whole the, the whole process of, of the nozzle and, and uh the EDM, like for the one thing that got me was one of those uh, honing machines that has like that clay looking shit. That's the old extrude hone, yeah, dude. That shit is wild. We got two of those. Things. <laughs> he, yeah. uh, what is his Adrian. name? Rocky Adrian showed me that. I was like, "Are you shitting me?" <laughs> like that goes <laughs> basically silly putty. <laughs> it basically is, yeah. and just like people have no idea, um, and just to be able to see that whole process and and everything that you you, you do is, is 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 awesome. I think it 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 definitely opened my eyes because I believe I made a comment. I was like, the only field shop I've ever been in was at BD's, and but it was like, I don't know, ten years ago. And he's like, well, how's mine compare? And I'm like, they made theirs look like a fucking little espresso stand. Like this is, <laughs> well, I mean, ten years ago they were working on like a lot of injection pumps and things like that. Yeah, and you know they're buying nozzles from other folks and they're they're bolting nozzles to their bodies and they're repop testing. It's a different level. Like, yeah. I'm trying to science the shit out of something that nobody's really right. spent the time doing. And and again, like my brain says, like if you make really badass parts, sooner or later somebody's going to buy it and they're going to be like, dude, that's the baddest mofo I ever drove. Yeah. And that guy's going to sell parts for you. Others get shit that sells and they keep selling shit. And as long as nobody really complains about it or kicks too much or outruns you or outperforms you, which that's been us. Like we've been the world's worst salespeople just trying to make cool parts. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely my fault. And that's like the friends, the click that I hang out with, we're not like big, like, uh, you know, like, have you seen me? Look at me now. Like Google me, bitch. Yeah. We're not that. We're more like, oh, we're just going to show up, grab some trophies, head home, maybe grab a steak on the way and uh, put our head on the pillows. Like that's kind of more my clan. Um, that's just not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. And, and it's really bad for us because we're not good about trying to show people how, how we do things. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday was a fantastic example because Calvary is a big company and they do a lot of tuning. Mm-hmm. And they don't like our stuff because they've never actually gotten to work with me and understand, like, this is how the shit's going to work. And then after that, they're just like, they had a meeting and they're, they're talking I about it. I guarantee it, it yeah. yeah. I'm so glad we hooked you guys up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I walked in this morning and I was talking to Tyler. I was like, I guarantee you they're all sitting down right now. Yeah. And everybody's just dropping their tongues on the table. 
they're trying they're trying to comprehend what's going on right now yeah. yeah and they're they're like okay what's the game plan we we now have a lot of new information that we did not know before yeah right. i feel like we have to do something like not just like like what are we gonna do yeah this is is everybody else here just as shocked as i am like okay i'm not the only one all right yeah and I, I didn't mean to talk shit about BD's field shop for just a second. I, that, yeah. All I was trying to say was that's the difference between someone who specializes years. in injectors and feel feel some parts versus you know BD. They've got their hands in a lot of little pots. Yeah. They're doing engine brakes. They're doing transmissions. They're doing turbos. They're doing fuel injection. They're, they're doing suspension parts. They're doing suspension <laughs> parts. They're doing they're doing they're doing a lot of things. But that that but that's what we love about Dynamite Diesels because it is a like a. We call it like the boutique gourmet, gourmet injectors, or like that boutique shop yeah, or of like injectors. a boutique injector shop. Yeah, and that's you know, so BD has a bunch of. Well, I think they've got two. I think they have two Bosch 815s, which is Bosch's flagship bad mofo common rail injector test stand. That's fantastic. Yeah, but I'm not building stock injectors. Right. I'm building shit that I want to build. Yeah. I'm building shit that we run, we test. We say, oh, that really should work. And then we go put it in the truck and we run around and we're like, mm, donkey. Or <laughs> we go, oh, yeah, this thing's going to party. Yeah. And then we start working with calibration guys to really make the thing party. And I'm, so we are a boutique. We're not, we're not ever going to be like our, our 12 mil pump is made by fleece. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of telling people that because our bandwidth in our building is only so much. And if I tried to do CP3 pumps as well as I'm doing injectors, I couldn't do it. We just don't have the manpower, we don't have tools, don't have the building space for it. So for Fleece to make their 10 mil pump, and it supports like 750 horsepower, there was a demand at that moment where somebody needed to make something bigger that was still really good. So I'm like, hey guys, just make a 12, I'll test it, I'll do all the cool shit, and then I'll market it. So if you go to Fleece's website, it says Dynamite Diesel 12 mil pump, mm -hmm. you can buy our pump from them. It's made there. We just buy a bunch of them every month, and then we, you know, structure, and, and they're going through our parts network. So the pump that's actually in that truck right now, it's still a fleece pump. Like, whether it was 10 or 12, it came from them. The 12 was just like, that was my push. I was like, please, let's just do this. Let's do it together. And those pumps rip. They they really work good. The failure rate is almost zeros. Um, that is, sorry, the fleece CP3Ks that I was, those were probably one of my favorite pumps to sell, and I started selling the 750s and they just work they, they that was yeah. my favorite thing on the I mean, phone with people are like well how do you feel about it? i gotta tell you what man like i know this pump is actually it's probably like 200 bucks more than your original pan spending i get that mm -hmm. but this pump is going to support you because your horsepower goal is less than this pump can make you can put it on now it'll last you forever and i tell you what man i don't get calls back on this yeah. these pumps do not fucking fail it's not hard to tune yeah just i i love selling these pumps i sell them like hotcakes because like you, like, I don't want you to call me back with a failure. Right. Yeah. I'd rather tell you, like, the real deal about this pump, get you into it, and have you just be freaking ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, as far as, like, having Fleece build you a pump, the that also speaks to the frame of mind of Dynamite Diesel, like you guys and your team there. It's like, yeah, we know we need a pump, but you also trust Fleece enough to work yeah. at your same level that, yeah. that that speaks a lot as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's... I don't want to say picking your battles, but it's like being realistic. It's like, do I have the where the the bandwidth to start making my own pumps? Nope. No. But if I did make a pump, it'd basically be what Fleece is making right now. Yeah. And I trust be a, it. It'd be a bigger brother to that ten because we'd 
We've already told customers just go buy those tens, buy the ten, buy the ten, buy the ten. Pretty soon people are like, dude, it's just like I already got two of those things and I'm making more power than that. Which seems retarded to me that there's that many people <laughs> that are making in excess of fifteen hundred horsepower out there. But sure as shit, there is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes making a lot of hay out there. Like it <laughs> it mind blows me how many sets of injectors are making that I'm just like, fuck that. I can't that, that many race trucks on the road? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I still remember it's, the the shift as from you know watching UCC and stuff, and all of a sudden the last couple of years, I say especially the last two years, maybe even more than that, but the last two years is when I really, really, really noticed. It's like, oh, that truck's got laser injectors in it. Yeah. That yeah. one's got it. That one's got it. That one's got it too. If all, wow. Uh, basically, the entire top half of the field all has dynamite injectors in there. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that's incredible. This last year, I didn't realize how many how many trucks had our injectors because the, the truck owners aren't killing parts like they used to, mm-hmm. and our injectors are lasting so long that so we're not from hearing yeah. from them. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's the best, worst problem. Uh, yeah, this is, so, like, this year, I'm like, Matt, we got to build a calendar. Matt's our marketing guy, right? I'm like, Matt, we got to build a calendar. It's got 12 months in it. I want, like, you know, 12 badass trucks that we, you know, that we're proud to say our parts are in. And he comes with this list, and he's like, who do you want to piss off? <laughs> like, because you only got 12 months, and there's a lot more than 12 trucks that should get recognition. So who are you going to make mad? I'm like, oh, shit, no calendar for you. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do, like, four months? Yeah. Like, yeah, like quarter, yeah. quarter, 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 yeah, quarter. Yeah, yeah. 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 like, no, I kind awesome. of respect you, but only a quarter of a page. Yeah. I kind of respect you, but a quarter of a page. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I just, it's, I'm very proud of, like, the accomplishments we've made, but I'm also very much uh, into what I do. Like, I love what I do. You know, my gym is in my injector shop. So basically, like, the last few years, you know, I've been living in a camp trailer, building a house, blah, 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 ordering a dyno, all these cool tools. Today, I got a message from George Babalushka, and he's the guy that I bought my EDM from. George sends me a message today. Lenny, my friend, I just want you to know that I'm going to get the EDM next week that you and I were discussing. So be ready for that. You know, we're going to get it back here. We're going to get it fixed. So he's already put market there there's a massive like supply chain issue with everything right so i called george i'm like i'm gonna need another edm he's like that's going to be a problem you know i can't even get these parts for you know ever he says but uh i got one that uh i'm possibly going to get back I'm like okay well if you can get it back then i'll buy it so he's gonna have to retrofit it because an edm isn't always a nozzle edm so this edm is coming from a company that just really isn't using it and that doesn't surprise me because an EDM is not that easy to use. Mm-hmm. Like to be really good at an EDM, like Skylar's really good at it. I'm kind of okay at it. And Eric's getting pretty good at it. So, and then we got this little kid, Clayton, like we set it up, let him run it. And if he has an issue, like the way we make him test him, like he'll call me on the phone and be like, all right, I got a, it through a code. I flow checked it. I looked inside of the borescope. Everything looks perfect. looks like it's working. And then I go through the reset. I think you were in the. yeah. yeah. When you're talking to so him. you and I, so we went through that with him last time. I clip the end of the wire off, send it, go for it, got it reset. Cause sometimes that wire just gets kinked or bound or whatever. And it, uh, it kind of chucks itself out, but, um, he knows what to inspect and he doesn't have to change anything. We give him batches. So a lot of consumers will call us and they're like, Hey man, like a shop owner. And they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to buy direct. And at this point, at this level, if we don't have it on the shelf, I'm really, really ashamed to say this but I'm not going to stop and build you a set Mm. because by the time I put the tooling on the machine 
and feed the wire through the machine, and I push go, and then, okay, this nozzle kind of sucks. Like, we look at it internal and external. This one's sort of miserable. And then we edit the program for a few minutes, and then we waste another two or three nozzles. Then we're finally making parts. So we just pissed away 30, 40 minutes. We pissed away two or three nozzles. And now we can make good parts, and it's a CNC thing, so it's going to make good parts for us today. You want to make 60, 80, 120 nozzles of the exact same part number. Mm -hmm. So if a dude calls me and he's like, I want one set, and I'm like, does anybody else on the planet have it? Because if so, you should get that shit now. Because by the time I go to even building an ISB-125, might be a week and it might be three weeks, and you ain't getting them until I make them. And I'm not stopping this train so I can make you six nozzles because to make six... I'm probably going to ruin two to make your six. Are you willing to pay for all of them and the extra time? We do custom programming for really big stuff, but those dudes are paying $1,000 for a set of nozzles. So I walk in like first thing in the morning and I take care of all the headaches. And I, you know, like Skylar and I'm yelling at him and he's yelling at me. And like basically we're almost, it, it's awesome to work with him because we get so pissy with each other. And I'm like, you know, I know you're busy, but shit, I need your help. And then we, you know, we're like that picture of the borescope. He's like standing there staring at the borescope right now. And that's me and him. And we're like, well, let's, you know, go positive two thousandths on hole number one. And, you know, we're going to go negative one thou on hole and then you know, negative a half thou on, on uh, hole four. And then we get it edited. And then you're making parts again. So the really big stuff, we can't expect a guy to buy 60 of those, mm -hmm. but they pay dearly for it because they're eating a lot of our time. So when I'm finally done doing the headaches, then I set it up for somebody just to run production parts. And those production parts, like once I get that set up, then there's a couple of people in our shop that can like take the part, load the part, watch the part get burnt, blow it out with air, make sure that it's going to flow check correctly. Because if the, the wire doesn't go all the way through, then the liters per minute isn't going to be where it needs to be. They take that nozzle with that needle well, they put it in a little stack off to the left, and then we inspect that stuff, like myself or Skylar or Eric will look at that later, and then try and figure out what happened. Nozzles aren't made the exact same. So there is little headaches from time to time, but trying to trying to be very productive with our moments is really where we're at. And having a second EDM is probably a smarter strategy than putting a guy on a second shift yeah. Because now I've got I've to basically be with somebody for six months or eight months to make sure that they can run that thing at night by themselves without getting an hour into their shift and then calling Lenny going, hey, I, I know that you're probably like at home eating a steak, but, oh, you're in bed? Shit, sorry. <laughs> anyway, this thing's uh, not going to make parts tonight, so you want me to go home? Because I can't afford to work two hours a day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to spend a lot of time with these employees to make sure that they understand the machines and we're just not there yet. Like, we don't have enough people that understand this stuff to work a night shift, so I'm better off buying another EDM. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then, obviously, I, I don't think anybody really wants to work a night shift. <clears throat> you have much happier employees, and happier employees tend to do a better job. Have you ever met an Uber driver? <laughs> yeah, they're all super stoked. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they're drinking in between grab picking up shit. I don't even care as long as they get me home safe. Yeah. Well, Lenny, this has been a fantastic. Yeah, when's the uh, when's the housewarming uh, party at your house? I'll bring the fifth wheel. We'll do some side by side riding. What do you want to do? When is that? Paving. We got to bring uh, this motherfucker out and. Uh, yeah. Uh, paving starts. And well, paving's on Monday. So my CFO, like uh, my certificate of occupancy, 
I should probably have hopefully within the next, you know, two, three, four weeks. Um, we're getting really close. So that place was built with one thing in mind, like relationships with friends, relationships with people in this industry. And ultimately, like a lot of us are getting to the point where we can all jump in a side by side. Yeah. But we're not going to jump on a CR250 anymore. Right. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of us are getting to the point where we can jump on a side by side, put tracks on it and then rip up the mountain. Yeah. But they're not going to jump on a snow machine. They're not going to jump. Oh, on a snow hell bike. no. I won't. So <laughs> I built the house where I built the house because a lot of us, you know, they want to go see the shop. They want to see what's up. But then they also want to recreate and have a good time because most of this industry, the really bad mofos in this industry have put so much time and effort into it and they're so passionate about it, but they deserve time to do something fun. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So the house is, you know, kind of an always welcome invitation for anybody that I respect in this industry that's really hustled and, and worked and wants to learn something about the product. Like that always helps sell parts, but it's, I built that house to make some memories in. And that's, uh, that's what I intend on doing. Like we're, we're working out there daily. You know, we've got, I've got the nicest I know probably in the USA with the nicest airflow AFR meter in the USA, uh, in my backyard. And when I say that out loud, I'm like, that's retarded. Dude, dude, your house, seriously, when I drove by it and I, I was driving and I'm literally looking, I'm like swerving off the road. Cause I'm like, that is like the ultimate, that's like the ultimate freaking house. Like that is the, that is holy shit. If, but, but think about like, cause it's all brown. So it all kind of looks like my house or whatever. But if the garage was say black or white and the house was the opposite color. Yeah. You'd be like, is, that house is stupid compared to that garage. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the garage is really big, and yeah. the house is just, you know. I was going to say, that's a man's house it, right it, there. Yeah, that's a yeah. man's house, maybe. Like, yeah. <laughs> Today, Helga shows up from the county assessor's office, and uh, she walks in. She's like, every man I know would love to live here. Yeah. Didn't someone tell you your garage was too big? The bank. The bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, every every banker, like, I even called Brian's banker. I'm like, hey, you know, like, I know Brian Howe. And she was like, I don't care. That's a dumb idea. Like, how? why do you need a garage that big? And here's what I told her. I'm like, because I'm a mathematical guy. I'm I'm 5'9 on a tall day. And I'm 265. So I'm going to say that, like, most human beings are definitely sub 400 pounds but most human beings, males anyway, are like right in the 200 to 250-ish, right? Mathematically, yeah. that's pretty yeah. fair, right? Yeah. Okay, so I go to the bank, and I'm like, I need to borrow money to build me a house. Okay, sounds good. You got a good credit score. Let's uh, let's get you to fill this stuff out. And I show them my blueprints, and they're like, oh, no. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because your, your ratio of garage space to home space... <laughs> is exactly a 180 off. <laughs> All right, so now I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh. hey, how much do you weigh? Well, excuse me? How much do you weigh? I mean, you're a woman, so I'm going to guess it's sub 200 pounds, but, you know, if it's a dude, you're right around 200, 250 maybe, right? Well, yeah. Do you have a car? Well, of course I do. All right. How much your car weigh? It, I mean... I'd be damn impressed if it's less than 4,000 pounds. Yeah. So why the hell should my car live in a smaller home yeah. than my body, <laughs> yeah. which is obviously 20 times smaller? Yeah. And I've got several cars, so I don't know why I need a small garage. Yeah. And they're like, well, the thing is when, you know, like, and you're going to renege on this loan because you're obviously a, you know, you're, you're a wingnut. And I'm like, what? And they're like, 
if you renege on this loan, trying to sell your home is going to be very difficult. Bullshit. That's what I said. <laughs> Bullshit. Have you been to North Yeah. Every, I mean, dude, I got people driving by videotaping, like, as they're driving by. I got people pulling up my driveway like, hey, man, can I just look in here? I'm like, yeah. sure. Like, are you packing? Yes. Then, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't worry about gun packers. They're probably honest. Like, they're just trying to protect their stuff. They're not thieves. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a really cool experience to build that thing. And, you know, I did do a lot of thermal stuff. I'm like, I kind of nerded out. Like the thing about like living in a camp trailer in North Idaho during two winters is you freeze your ass off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learn real quick. <laughs> so when I'm in the camp trailer freezing to death and my dog's like, yeah. I'm like, I- I'm never going to freeze again. Yeah. I promise. I'm never going to freeze again. <laughs> I will never freeze again. So I sat there and I YouTube the shit out of every insulation. And there's a lot of cool stuff in Europe that we don't have here. But I promise I'm never going to freeze in that house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Helga come in and she's like, hey, so I got a Subaru and I got it all. And I'm like, okay, this girl's like obviously kind of outdoorsy. And she's like, I do all my own craftsmanship. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, I got radiant floor heat out in the garage. She's like, really? Show me. So she's like, did you do that and everything? I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's mind-blowing. I love it. I can't wait. That's so cool because I, my friend is working on this, like, concrete with uh, uh, insulation board and insulation board. I'm like, SIPs, structural integrated panels. She's like, okay. They're supposed to be awesome. They're testing them in Spokane right now. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, let's bring this technology. It's going to be great. If you all are going to need 40 amps to charge your Tesla, we're going to have to save on lights and yeah. heat. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No shit. No, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to see the finished product of your yeah. of, of that place. That's going to be badass, man. Jelly. You guys kicking me out? Just about. Yes. This has been a fantastic episode. Um, yeah. I hope everybody learned something. And. Uh, or not, or just enjoyed listening to it because Lenny's honestly a genuinely nice and fun human to be around. So it's always a pleasure. Um, Lenny, how can people get a hold of Dynamite? Uh, DynamiteDiesel.com. You can, I would say text, but that'd be horrible. <laughs> uh, I would say any sort of email. So manager at DynamiteDiesel.com. It's, it's okay because it's mine, but there's 23,100 emails in there. So sales at dynamitediesel.com is going to get checked instantly. That's uh, Chris or Tim. Um, Mike Looper answers the phone. Get a little gal named Chevy answers the phone. Uh, 208-209-3214. Yeah. You know how many times I've actually given my cell phone number accidentally? <laughs> oh, shit. And they yeah, call me and, like, here. and they're like, yeah, I'm looking for Dynamite Diesel. I'm like, oh, shit. shit. I know their number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, DynamiteDiesel.com, sales at Dynamite Diesel, uh, sales at DynamiteDiesel.com, and then 208-209-3214. And by all means, if you ever need any parts, feel free to contact these guys because they do sling a lot of our stuff, and they're very close, so they can get it very, very quickly if they don't already have it on the shelf. Yeah. yeah. And damn near everybody here pretty much has the phone number of somebody there. So, yeah, the, the communication between the two of us is uh, it's tight. Very tight. Yep. Very, very, very tight. Toy like a toyker. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap this one up. Uh, Lenny, I greatly appreciate you being on again. Um, we, like always, by the time we finish a podcast episode, I can already think of like 10 other things I want to talk about in the next one. So, yeah, we are- well, Lenny, you're welcome back anytime, anytime. Yeah. Let's do it in like 10 minutes. 
right. <laughs> we'll do another one. <laughs> just, just do the whole night. Yeah. I can't hey. wait. It's going to be great. Yeah. Wife's in Colorado. I'm, I'm free the whole night. <laughs> I'm hungry. Let's, let's yeah. do it at the restaurant. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like two whiskeys and one steak and a big pile of broccoli. Let's do this. Yeah. Boom. Do this. Bring the little microphones. There we go. Yeah. Just, just, hey, <laughs> hey, sweetie, can yeah. you bring me a Diablo sandwich and bring it up? Yeah. I'm in a hurry. Frazzles. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to wrap this one up, ladies and gentlemen. We greatly appreciate all you guys tuning in, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe and check us out at dieselpowerproducts.com. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.